Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, your host as always. Being joined by his co-host, Dustin Soglo Frazier. Day 8. Are we alive? It is day 8, really? Yeah. Tomorrow is officially the last day of this WrestleMania week they show us. Oh, my God. <laughs> it started a week ago. <laughs> they don't give us a break between shows. I have a disdain for everything right now. Just everything. I'm just pissed at everyone and everything. Like JR put it, it's like getting a colonoscopy twice a, a, a week. So, uh, yeah. There is that. What else can I really say about it? Um, Fired. This is this is the potential. It's exciting, though. What is this? Episode 451, and it has the potential to be the sloppiest episode ever. Just because, what do we really do? I mean, shit, we, we, we essentially have just enough time between shows to put a new program together to come back on and cover more wrestling. So, that's going to be fun to see how much saying, organization... This is the third show in three days. So. And they've all been pretty <laughs> thorough, I have to say, not to just pat our backs yeah, or anything. You know, compared to a lot of the dribble that I've been seeing out there, you know, at least our shit even appears on demand. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm putting it like this. Not many people have the balls to try to go three shows, three days in a row. Yeah. That being said, shout out to all of our wonderful live viewers. Some of you went to bed already. Can't blame you. I, I would if I could. And uh, also, everyone listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Twitch, Facebook Gaming, all that other stuff. I purposely just blanked my screen before saying that shit because I just wanted to shoot for a minute. I'm in one of those kind of moods after looking at words all this time. <laughs> it is unbelievable, dude. You know, it's they should never so do this again. They should never do this again. Oh my god, no! Ever? I don't know. No, no, no more two night takeovers followed by two night WrestleMania. You keep both of the fuckers one night. And we're, and I'm late to the live stream. It's a hundred percent on me because I had other things to do. And in between shows, you know, it's just not enough time to do this. I think if I was purely a wrestling fan, like a pure role, where it's like there's nothing else going on in life, it would be a lot different, you know. But this weekend stuff, it's a little bit too much. I, I I want people, and I don't think many people will do this. But if you're willing to send Destin and I just a list of your vices, your hobbies, because I'm trying to wonder here like how are people do you do other things you have a bowling club golf club pussy you know skateboard <laughs> rollerblade anything like for you to cover the wrestling fact for them to cover the wrestling to the degree that they do and still have some level of existence outside of the world is where i find it to be challenging you know it's fucking crazy like <laughs> You know, maybe we don't need a script tonight. Maybe this whole fucking episode, without no script or nothing else, maybe it could just be about how fucking challenging and stressful all this shit is. Oh, my God. It'd be fantastic. And all the trials and tribulations that you got to go through to be able to cover all that stuff and even be able to get on here and go be live. No, I won't do that to you, though. They wouldn't complain. Let's be real. (laughs) 
<laughs> they eat it the fuck up. <laughs> Every time Rick gets to shoot, everybody gets excited. <laughs> nah, that's why I did that. But no, I'm not seriously in it. <laughs> seriously, I'm not gonna do any of that. <laughs> I got excited for a second. I was like, oh shit! But no. nah, I'll, yeah, I'll... Yeah. after this fucking madness, I'm pulling a U this fucking week. Like, there's NXT on Tuesday tomorrow. Like, yeah, I'm not watching shit till Sunday. Holy I'm done. God. I am done. Like Saturday, maybe Saturday if I'm feeling generous, but not at the earliest fucking like Sunday. I'm not going to. He's going to put in the shower. That's, that's why. That's how much of a shoot it was in that moment. I said, maybe we don't even need to. <laughs> like, like, I, <laughs> like when I was speaking to you, there was a blank screen in front of me. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like. <laughs> <laughs> like it was possible. That was awesome. <laughs> Luke, you oh, turned off your targeting computer. What's wrong? <laughs> Nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> the worst part about it is I know you well enough. I didn't even need her to confirm it. I believed my damn self. <laughs> I was like, I bet you fucking did. <laughs> I was ready to just use the force. <laughs> no, fuck it. I've been doing this long enough. I know where the fuck we are. Hey, really, I just feel like it's been one of those. Like, I'm on here so long with this shit. I feel like we live on here. Like, I just feel like it's been one of those weeks. Where, why? Why? Why do we need to do anything? You don't even have to be nervous on here or anything. You know, after you do it that long. I feel like I live on here. I'm more nervous off air. I'm like, oh, my God, where's my mic? <laughs> I hope the guy don't ever get that bad. Oh, my God. I've heard people talk about nerves and tension. It's like, it's, it's more like I work better under the pressure than without it at this point. There's so much shit going on. Without the pressure, you wait for some shit to go wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, it is crazy. Oh boy. Okay. Anyway, what should we talk about first? Because these have not been put in any sort of order, so that's also going to be fun. Oh, how about this here? We got John Moxley. What was this? Uh, Bloodsport. Oh yes, you seem to know good, good, good shit. Now uh, Moxley versus Nick Gage. Who's that? Is he like related to Nick Cage? No relation. No, I guess not. Nick Gage, who is he? Nick Gage. He defeated, defeated know. Ricky Ricky Shane Page. I don't know who that is. At GCW Spring Break. Oh, oh I know I know that GCW I thing. I know what this was. This was like something different I was thinking of because um I did also hear in the week that he uh wound up losing to Josh Barnett in that blood sport fight they had. But uh they look like they set up that Moxley's gonna have another uh death match against this guy. Really? Yeah. I'm telling we'll you, I here. love how even like even when he's on AEW, he's kept it up to where he just goes anywhere now. Like, he's not just like fast travel. It's like, I want to go here. Boop. Let me take a look at this here. You could cut the tension with an exacto blade. Jesus, did Moxley already fuck him up? Eye to eye. No, he had a match. Mox. Good lord, what kind of matches do they have out here? <laughs> you know the guy. The man Look at the background, him. you know the fucking guy. What is this shit, Manhunt 3? <laughs> That's what I thought of when I saw that guy. Like, oh shit, Manhunt's coming back. How come he's bleeding already, Moxley? That, that, that's the other guy's blood on his forehead. Oh, that's the other. Oh, because he was forward to IC. Wow. And that's where you fucked up. Why? Come on. Then. Why would you, you do that to him? That guy must be really crazy. 
Is there any bloody and surrounded by fluorescent lights? Yeah, like he's surrounded by fluorescent lights and blood. This is practically there's, Moxley's there's, there's house. A level of, there's a level of giving a fuck that just does not exist. That is ridiculous. <laughs> and back on the King Nick Gage. And oh, and they come to blows. Holy shit. Gage and Moxley doing battle in the middle of the ring. That was cool for anyone that was there because I bet they didn't think that anything was going to happen. Right, like you would think he just shows up. Moxley's got a light tube. Moxley's got a bubble. Oh, shit. Moxley. I hate light tube spots. Just because it looks dreadful. Oh, my God, man. And it's like the part that you don't ever hear that about. That looks so like, rough. Anything can happen. You know the bad part is the impact not even the worst part. It's probably breathing and all that shit. It's like when that when that mercury and stuff gets in your cut, it burns like a motherfucker. These guys are crazy, man. Good lord. Yeah, well, I'm gonna put that up on social media for the podcast peeps, as well as getting it on uh over here. Oh my god. There we go. Yeah. So, what? What do you know anything about the GCW? I, I haven't been following them at all. So I've started to hear a little bit about them here and there. They're they're definitely one of those like deep rooted indies. Like you got to reach to find at least at least up until recently, you had to reach to find these guys. But they're starting to break out into the limelight a little bit, and this definitely helped quite a bit. Having I mean a former AEW and WWE World Champion show up. So. Uh huh. Well, but I know, them. but I know Nick Gage is one of their big names there. Yeah, I definitely don't know him. Yeah, you got to reach to find it. This is one of them indies where it's like if you don't, it's one of all those almost if you don't know about it, you don't hear about it kind of. Yeah, it sounds like the deep indies, you know. Oh, you, you got. <laughs> all right. Well, I just put that on social media for you guys as well. Sorry about the delay there. Oh, that was nice. Whatever, Don Moxley. So apparently it's going to be a match between these two, like you said. Uh, I guess that was the lead into this. We have any date or anything? No? This is all. Um, haven't heard anything about a date yet. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll watch that match. I don't want to watch. If all the matches are like that, I can't watch that. I did that once with CZW, and it was really not my thing. Oh, yeah. Like, there was a... I forget what was happening, but... It was a weekend where there were like a lot of pay-per-views back before wrestling was as saturated as it is now. I think we might have already been doing this show, but there was no network. We didn't have all the craziness. It was where you still had to look for wrestling, where it was fun, where it was like, all right, Raw's over. And I could spend the rest of the week finding other wrestling. God forbid there's no such thing as that now, you know. But I remember uh, that weekend, it might have been a WrestleMania weekend. I think it was. And Ring of Honor had stuff going on. Evolve had stuff going on. Everyone had their stuff. And so did CZW. And I was with friends. We were hanging out at my place. And we watched Ring of Honor. And it became one of those may as well things. Like, you ever watch wrestling? It hasn't happened to me in years, thanks to the fucking saturation. But you ever watch wrestling, and at the end of it, you feel like you want more wrestling? It's almost like when you could go for seconds with good food. Right, it's like, fuck it, what else is out there? Yeah, we really wanted good wrestling, but there wasn't any. So we ordered the CZW. We were like, maybe this... I forget who was on it. I mean, oh, and I remember. Davey Richards was going to be wrestling. He had just got released from Ring of Honor. And Davey Richards was going to be wrestling. And at the time, it was pretty much like, well, if Davey Richards... I pretty much watch all of Davey Richards' matches no matter where he goes. And that goes to show how much of a fucking fan I was that I went there. But instead of watching it the way that I should have, I watched the whole thing. And it was terrible, man. (laughs) I know there might be CZW fans fucking that hate me. 
And we even remember, got into remember, some shit. Remember the one that um, defended, what was it, Danzig, jumping off that roof and putting that guy through a light tube and fetching a freaking car and shit? You literally took the words out of my mouth, but that's oh, exactly where I was going. We even had that. We even had that situation that happened. So I try not to be too critical, man. But I gotta say, as someone who at that point only saw them on Botchamania, watching it like in its entirety is no laughing matter. Like it was just dreadful. Say what you want about Raw, and I was just like, man, this is fucking. And it wasn't even just the violence; it was the, it was so sloppy. I've never seen anything so sloppy before. What's always bothered me about CZW is that it just it just seems like, hey, we're gonna try to be ECW just for the sake of trying to be ECW, like no, no rhyme reason. Like let's just go violent as friggin' possible. Like, yeah. So I know I'm never really into those kind of things, but that was the first time that it was like, whatever. It'll be more wrestling. Davy Richards is there. How bad could it be? Bad, really bad. <laughs> Davy Richards, Richards match was good. It was alright for that. But his match, you find out. Yeah, no, nah, I just kind of, it, it's almost like I get why you bring people into your territory. Because even me, as someone who had been a veteran fan by that point, was taken in by it. You bring people into your territory because they might do exactly what I did. I'm here for this, but you know what? I may as well watch the whole thing. I bought it. Big mistake. And I hate to discourage that because there's good things. I mean, think about it. Didn't, didn't uh, Chris Hero come from there? Yep, Chris Hero came from there. John Moxley came from there. And, and it's funny because I've never seen Chris Hero there. I've known Chris Hero from Ring of Honor and from New Japan because I fucking never watched that. I knew he was from there. Yeah. And I remember the the Claudio from there that had long hair, a stranger that looks. I think maybe, did Tyler Black ever pass through CZW? Um, hmm, I don't recall. I know he's been to a lot of places, so. It wouldn't surprise me. You have to have some good talent scouts. That's one thing I give WWE credit for is their talent scouts. Because uh, it's easy. As much as people, including myself, have been guilty of doing a gore. I've been watching Ring of Honor since back when it wasn't popular. Like, that's an easy job. Like, if somebody told you back in the day to go to Ring of Honor, your job's to go to Ring of Honor and scout some good talent. Man, you know, you'd be as happy as a pig in shit, wouldn't you? would be like, oh, boy, do I have my... Like, fucking daisies. Are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. I want you know, this so that's one, easy. this one, this one, especially that one. Yeah, but the fact that there was a scout there, possibly JR or somebody, who sat through CZW and amongst all that chaos was able to pick out and go, oh, well, that guy, you know, that one there or this one. I would have never picked Mox or anything out of all that shit. Well, I guess maybe him because I did notice him. I remember the first time I've ever seen him wrestle live. Um, It was when he was still in FCW, I want to say. It might have been early NXT. I always get early NXT and late FCW confused. We were at a Raw. And the dark match was him versus, I believe, Daniel Bryan. And he wasn't even like S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. This was like, I I believe this was maybe a week before he was S.H.I.E.L.D. and came out like that, you know. And his mannerisms and stuff at the time didn't resonate well with me because he seems weird. If you go back and look at the way he moves and walks and swaggers around before the the S.H.I.E.L.D. Moxley, like without knowing the character, it was kind of like, what in the hell is this guy doing? Like Daniel Bryan's going to kill his ass, (laughs) you know. But uh, I remember seeing him before as Moxley in the Indies years prior to that or years before that. But um, I guess I just never made that connection with the Ambrose character. Yeah. Because I think you know, I'd seen I, him. The one time I'd seen him before WWE, funny thing is, it was actually um, he was one of many guys we've actually seen nowadays that made a small stint in TNA. And, you know, when I think about it, they must have been trying him unless I'm having my memory wrong. They must have been trying him early because i remember um 
after that, seeing the the, the Regal match, like his la- like the last, I think his last FCW match with Regal, like back when he was doing Regal moves to people, like they had this angle going on where he was like obsessed yeah. with Regal, and like it ended where like Regal was like applauding him, like when he took him out. Remember that match? I remember that one. I feel like I saw that Raw where he was in the dark match before that. Could if it wasn't before, it was very close, you know. But to be able to pick out talent like that when you're in all these weird indie companies, it's a little bit crazy. Especially as deep as some of these guys find some people. Mm-hmm. What else do we got here in the bag of? Oh, this one's interesting. I'm just picking it because I want to have a negative opinion of it. That makes me a true wrestling fan, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> Lars Sullivan. Oh. Is, I had to read to make sure. What's old Mitch up to now? He's going to be in Queens, New York. Hmm. On May 8th from noon to 2 p.m. And there are tickets for $20 for a photo with him. And a signed one will also be $20. There's combo tickets that you get $30 and you get a photo and a signature. And you and, and I guess that's it. What are your thoughts? God help you if it's on a casting couch. No, I'm kidding. Uh, wow, wow. You just, this was, you, you I just threw him right under it. the bus. I couldn't do it. I, I, I threw him right under the bus. I don't um, yeah. It's like, who's really like, oh, dude, you hear Lars Sullivan's in town? Like, what? Like, which still... was that guy who was talking about getting bullied with his shirt off, talking to Michael Cole? Like, that guy? Like... You're still nicer than I am on this one. That's why I let you go first. Because who the you fuck know, is you know, Lars you know, Sullivan? You know, I was going for the laugh more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, who is he? I'm kind of going for the laugh because it's funny. Who's Lars Sullivan? I wouldn't pay $20 for Lars Sullivan. I'd pay $20 for Danzig over fucking Lars Sullivan. You can make at least me know what the fuck Danzig is doing. Lars Sullivan? You oh know what God, I mean? Stasis was like, I thought you were going to say he's on OnlyFans. Oh, Christ. Maybe he has an OnlyFans, but he's not <laughs> on OnlyFans. You know, but what's he going to do? In my neck of the woods, he's coming to Queens, New York? Bro, there ain't no fans out here. I promise you that. I can vouch for everybody. Confidently. <laughs> confidently vouch for everybody. No, not that there's no lockdown, just that he has no fans out here. No, that's what I'm saying. It's going to look like a lockdown. Oh, know. it will. That or that it will. <laughs> it's going to be a you soul know? out there's not a, There's not a person. I wish that there was a way to see how much money he's not making. <laughs> like, why Queens? Unbelievable. Wrestling Universe oh. Store. I don't even know where the hell that is. I wonder if that's the place I went a long time ago and met Jericho. Maybe I'll have to look it up. It's anywhere near where I remember that one being. That one was in Howard Beach. Well, but yeah, I just found it funny where it's like, oh, well, Lars Sullivan's going to be here. Who gives a fuck? See, what you got, this, this is what you got to do. You got to wait till about halfway through it when you haven't seen a single person and just poke your head in the window and go, hey, Lars, no people. Why the long face? I forgot about the long face thing. That was the, <laughs> that's the only thing I'll ever remember. You know, I could, that was the most relevant fucking thing that ever happened. And it wasn't it's ridiculous. Something they did. Nah, I totally forgot about the long face. You know what it is, man? With, with all the things that we have to remember, with all the stuff, especially this weekend, um, the long penis he takes completely distracted me from the long face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy. Who? <laughs> With a tear in my eye. <laughs> Why the long face is the least question from my mind if I get to interview you, sir. <laughs> were you a top or you were you a bottom? That's like a... That's like a... 
that's like Kula the other day. We were watching the pay-per-view. And uh, Alexa Bliss's head was bleeding. Remember that whole stupid angle? And what was it that he was concerned with? The red light with the feet. He was like, are you, are you kidding me? The red light. At the back? moment, that was the best timing ever. At the moment where she came out and she's staring at the fiend. And all this shit is coming off of her face. And this complete, the RKO happens. Everybody's like, what in the world in the chat room? And he's like, that red light, man. <laughs> and, we, and I remember I was like, right, yeah. Because the fucking red light is what we were all really bewildered by at this point. Like at this point in the match, that's really where we were all like, that for, the, for that fucking red light, this all would have been perfect. Right. You know, it was just the timing because I was thinking about the red light earlier, but it's just at that moment of that really bizarre, almost still nightmare inducing fucking scene. It was just like, oh, man, that red light. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell, tell you how irrelevant that red, that red light was. This is a shoot from the fucking hip. If he had not said anything, I'd have never noticed. I was so marveled by the other cuckoo's banana shit happening. It didn't even hit me. I was like, wait a minute. The red light is back. Yeah, we got to talk about that shit later on, too. I wish I had time. I wanted to pull my own audio because I kind of feel like like I called some of the things with her yesterday. Oh, God. All righty. Well, we can talk about Peacock some more. Yeah. I mean, that's probably going to be a thing, right? Last year was COVID. At, at this this year's Peacock. The train, the, the train wreck that's probably about to be. Yeah. All right. Well, Peacock, they added some features. They said that uh, basically... I guess this must already be done because they the, the statement says that by Saturday's WrestleMania first night, um, you you have controls. I guess you'll be able to fast forward and rewind. Oh, but it's only for TV, OS, and iOS devices. Well, iOS devices make sense. What the hell is a TV OS? I don't know. Do they just mean like general things like Roku, Fire Stick? Is that what they call devices that hook up to your TV? TV OS. That part of that would that would suck ass because I don't because you don't even they only have Peacock on the fucking Fire Stick. Yeah, but they have it on like the Google TV and and a few other devices. But this TV OS, don't call it that. We gotta quick. We gotta come up with something better because a lot of things that are technological have been catching on that suck that we're stuck with. Don't call the shit you plug into your TV to stream TV OS, please. Okay, George says a smart TV. The why not just call it a fucking smart TV? See there, see. Well, see he's basically saying, oh, I know what is TV OS. No way. Is that what LG uses as their operating system? Because LG smart TVs are the worst. Oh, God. As an owner of one, I'll say this. I don't even use the smart functions anymore. It's a stupid TV is what they should call it. If you put an Android OS in there or a Fire TV OS in there or just some interface that works, don't use the whatever the LG one. It might be the one that I have. Yeah, and we know what the TV is with the sh- all the shit built. He's talking to us like if we're like we're sixty. That's the TV that has all the shit built in. You don't say, George. <laughs> I, I, I know what that is. What I'm what I'm saying is, are they speci- are they specifying TV OS as a as a thing? Which I'm wondering on my on my uh, LG. I think it might be called TV OS, but whatever it is, it's the absolute sizzling shits. <laughs> There are TVs you could get that have the Fire OS built into it, just like the Fire Stick, and that's cool. But whatever the name of this shit is that they have here, and I remember it had a lame name. That's why I'm wondering if that's what it was. This you don't want. Like, I just keep it disabled. I keep the Wi-Fi and Internet off of it, and I just let everything run through the Fire Stick because this is an absolute joke. See, now I'm trying to find it. Look, we're over here talking about televisions yeah. on, on the episode, the, the Raw After Mania, the Podcast After Mania. Let's be real. The podcast after me is going to feel more important than the Raw after me did. What if I go to About This TV? 
about is usually where the most boring section in the world you got to go. No, this is called web OS. If you get web OS, take it back. Literally the whole thing. Just carry the whole TV. Just carry the whole TV back. Drop it on the front door. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, that's the, I have the web OS, which is that bar with all the little rectangular things that come up from the bottom, like the blades. It's, it's like not even worth using. It's not even as fast as if you just have the fire stick. So I keep that disabled. But yeah, it's going to be on some devices, you know, and they're going to have everything else together by the summer. So we're going to have to see how that goes. But they added the feature. So I didn't even know. I didn't even try during Mania to see if I could fast forward and rewind and all of that other shit. We're too busy trying to fucking survive Mania. I'm noticing something about how the functionality of Peacock works by me watching the Jericho podcast. Because even though we're Peacock premium people, there's a nine ninety nine tier above that where you don't get advertisements, right? It looks like what they do, and this is a little complicated. If you haven't really used a lot of uh, streaming devices, you won't probably follow me on this, so bear with me. But it looks like what they do, like, for example, so you're like, say you're on the highest tier, the nine ninety nine one, which I, I don't think many of us will ever be. You have the regular network, the WWE network that does the 24-7 channels. You know what I mean? Where it's like it just stays on and just keeps playing stuff and you could just go there live and things play. It's pretty much rotating. Right. But you also have an alternative for people on the 499 one. So, for example, like the people on the 999 one after WrestleMania, it went on to the Jericho podcast. Whereas for the people on the 499 one, it shows up on your guide just like with Pluto, where you can scroll through and see the guide, and it's something that you can press, but it says in parentheses, on demand. So it's like it's there for you at the same time as it's there for the live people, but the difference is them, they're in the live feed, you, you have to manually launch it. So if something comes out at 11 o'clock and you're a 499 user, it's not going to disappear on a live feed. You'd have to go to it at 11 o'clock and press it. The live people to just come out for. And the reason behind that is because you're going to have commercial break interrupts, kind of like Crackle, Hulu, um, free, free Crunchyroll do. Whereas they're going to be going straight through. You guys aren't going to be in sync with the live people unless you have the 999. So you're going to have access to the content, but there's always going to be that delay. Now, I don't think this applies to pay-per-views. But I'm just saying, from my experience using it last night, that's what I got because I was getting interrupted by ads and it wasn't ads that were like in the video because you can tell because it would have like the thing with the countdown on the top telling you that these two ads will end soon. And so it's like that's literally piping in and interrupting, which if you're 999, you don't get that. So they're going to be ahead of you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, makes perfect sense. So you don't exactly get a WWE live network. You get a WWE pay-per-views live and access to the content on the WWE network, if that makes any sense. That might bother some people. Some people might not even give a shit and be like, why is he mentioning that? I don't give a fuck, you know? I just figured, like, some people have, some people do, you know? Uh, but also, they they took out some of the Goldust stuff, according to Wrestling Observer. They said um, the segments where he wore black makeup were deleted. Wait a minute, but he wasn't doing black face. Right, like... He was doing black makeup. You can't have black makeup? <laughs> It's one of the colors, right? It is the color, actually. Yeah. So, like, there's no symbolism in there of... you. you, That's not how you edit. You know what I'm saying? Like, the problem here is, in my opinion, I strongly disagree. That's not how editing works. If I bring you a fucking cake, right? Right. At a wedding, and I'm like, all right, Destin, cut the cake. And you just dig in like Tamina did on that episode of NXT. 
And I go, that's not how you cut the cake. I'm literally right. I'm not just being opinionated. Highly strong. He fucking grabs into that cake. He said, I could be sensual. Humped. It was- that was it. <laughs> we don't need that. So what I'm saying is that's not how you go about editing. This is literally not. It's kind of like, for example, the word gay, right? It used to mean happy also, right? Yep. So if someone, if I was cutting through old content and there was like an old 1920s movie, I, I shouldn't be cutting out somebody saying the word gay if they're using it in in reference to its second definition, right? Right. So then a black face doesn't mean blackface. I remember when Goldust would have the black makeup on, which actually looked cool. He wasn't trying to be a black person. Yeah, he was tagging with Booker T, but that wasn't the fucking inspiration behind it. It was just a change up in the look. That's so strange. Because when I first heard that they were cutting out Goldust stuff, I figured, well, I kind of saw that coming. But it wasn't the stuff that I saw coming. I thought they were cutting out like early Goldust stuff from the new generation era. You know, like when he would come out and have like a G-string on and be really weird with Marlena and all kinds of sexually suggestive shit was happening. Nope, they would they make went people to the black makeup first. It was the fucking black makeup that was. So you're telling me that the Marlena shit is still in there, right? Or what about when he had like a? I don't. I, I can't even. I don't even want to go into some of the shit that happened there right now. And and that stuff's still there. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, you see, I know <laughs> some of the shit you're talking about. I was. I literally. Oh. This is one where I was going. I stopped myself. But yeah, stuff like that. The didn't he have like a a a, a guy dressed as a woman come out there to try to disrobe um. Mark Merrill to make fun of him and shit like one point like a big like there was there was all kinds of there was a lot of weird there was some shit there and I thought all right they're cutting that and you know what even though I don't disagree I I, I disagree with the editing of things I could pretty honestly say that that shit that I wouldn't have missed like I've never gone back and been like where's my where's my gag ball gold dust stuff Oh my ball gag or whatever, you know. Where's my where's my gimp mask? Where's gimp mask gold dust? (laughs) Those sons of bitches kick. Those sons of bitches ain't out my gimp dust. What the fuck? I didn't even know. Like a lot of that shit went over my head when I was younger. Like like I I knew about stuff, but not about weird stuff. So I remember even even the gimp shit, for example. Like you, I remember you you, you, you you weren't in the third drawer yet. Like nah, not at all, dude. When I watched Pulp Fiction the first time and they said get the gimp, I remember looking at my friend, and being like, "What's the gimp? What's gonna happen?" <laughs> I swear to God, that I was like, "What's gonna happen to What's gonna happen?" <laughs> Those were exact words. <laughs> that that scene still became one of my favorite scenes just because of the shock factor of it. Like, that was, like, the furthest from me knowing what was going to happen I've ever been. Like, if you think I've been wrong on WrestleMania predictions, whoo, I was like, why are getting? Who's the gimp? Where's he? Then he came out. I was like, why is he looking like that? <laughs> <laughs> and then when Bruce Willis got that, that, that katana and went into that back room, I was still a bit oblivious. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing to him? A deer in the headlights, no clue what's fucking going on. I had no, I thought they were fucking him up. I had no idea. And when he uh, peeked through the door, up, right. and when he peeked through that door, I never knew or was able to empathize with how anime characters feel <laughs> when they turn totally fucking black and white. You ever <laughs> see those moments? It's just like, but I felt that way. It was like, oh, oh, and I remember I was just frozen. Like I couldn't even like react. Like I remember my body and shit. Then it was just like, ah, like I didn't fully move. <laughs> 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 ah, like I remember making that sound. Cause it was, 
fucking stay. Said no, I finished that whole fucking anime. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. No, you. <laughs> yeah, I hear it comes back with those girls being, and I don't want to spoil dude. it, but I hear I hear that it comes back with them being the the prison people. Yeah. Apparently. Oh my god, dude. Oh. I'd be more invested in that. I'm right now, ladies and gentlemen. If you are if if you are out there and you have finished printed school, you deserve a fucking medal. I got a few episodes from the end, and then for some reason, I just never went back. It was, it, you know, what? Sometimes it was too weird, man. Where it was just like, man, this is really, this is out there. Like it was so funny because I, I may, I, I can't remember what the end game was, but I made a bet with a friend that I could finish prison school. I did that shit in one day in one shot. I was oh like, no, God. if I fucking stop, I'll never finish it. And I remember that whole thing with prison school started because we we looked up the clip. Remember, we were screen sharing, and we looked up the clip of when uh. When they're in the bathroom and he thinks that his and he thinks that his buddies with the other guy, and he's like, and, he, and it's just that, and it's just that he dropped the soap. To this day, I I can't not cry watching how funny <laughs> when he turned around and went oh the way it looked oh <laughs> and he just ran out naked. It's the fucking greatest scene in that whole anime. Oh, the penciling that they did on the art when he turned around. <laughs> <laughs> Though the penciling in the shadows were dope, man. It's, for that, for that one, go back and look. That one panel, that shit looked like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> they were built and brawlic and had muscles and veins and shit. Even, I was like, now, what the fuck am I watching, man? Now watching that fucking scene, I had to pause until I stopped laughing because I can't, I was like, if I just keep going, I'm going to miss so much shit. And he's actually a wrestling fan, and they go figure, right? There was a whole thing about trying to get to get to, get to the fucking wrestling match. Oh my god! I think oh, there are two times. things that made me laugh that hard in my life. That fucking scene and that fucking comic you told me about earlier. Oh yeah, isn't he great? Oh dude, I was, I was, I was fucking in tears. I, I spilled my drink. I laughed so fucking hard. Are you kidding me? I got I wonder if I could get just a clip of the of that joke, the one that I don't want to spoil if I can. But yeah, like, it's just at this point. Matter of fact, you don't fuck out stall for you. At this point, though, this is kind of where my thing with Peacock is. Like now, they're just editing just to edit. Like, no rhyme or reason. Because, like, I want to see the guy who's like, hey, black makeup. Okay, it's got to go. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was not, that's not blackface, though. But it's black makeup. It has to go. But but, but it's not racist. He's just, it's black makeup. It has to go. Like, what? They're trying to be stuff. really careful. It's a combination of people that are offended by this stuff and people who don't want to be bothered by the people who are offended by this stuff. Because if you own Peacock or NBC or whatever, you don't want to have to put up with these idiots. So I can understand from that perspective. Let me get any of this shit out of here. I don't care about it, but I don't want any assholes tweeting. Look what they did. That's what's happening, really. So if you can manage to complain about a man wearing black makeup, there's a whole you got a whole different kind of problem that is not indulged by race or anything of any sort. <laughs> Need to put your ass in a rubber room for that little craziness. Like what the fuck? Yeah, no. Nah, it's our our world, our society has become really weird when it comes to that kind of shit. You know. Like, they don't even know what they're editing. They're editing more because they don't want to get in trouble, you know? They don't want to get, like, the whole fucking PTA association on their ass. And it's like, what? See, that's why, that's why I couldn't run shit like that, because I don't give a fuck. I'm going to just tell you, you don't like it, turn it the fuck off. <laughs> that's really how it has to be. I that's was able like to watch that, all kinds of shit as a kid. I was able to watch Porky's and Bachelor Party and porn. Well, maybe not porn. But I did. Let's be real. So, Let's be real. I'm okay. Let's shoot for a second. We all know that one channel. You had to go way fucking back to find it. Everybody knows that one. 
Yeah, they always had those, man. Those are the best. No matter where you were, everybody had. You never. It was. It was never the same channel per household, but it was always there. You just had to search for it. And when you found it, it was off to the fucking races. Yep, indeed. <laughs> so, uh, what else do we got here on the thing? We got some commentary changes that have happened. And you know what? Should we talk? Yeah, I guess we have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, Tom Phillips is going to be the new host of Two Hundred Five Live. He's going to be part of other projects at the Performance Center and with Peacock. So, uh, and he's the senior manager of on-air talent still. So, uh, I don't know. I guess that gives you a little perspective. When people said that Tom Phillips was gone, they don't mean like from everything. They'll still always all be Tom Phillips to me. But the the actual ones now going to be on the cruiserweights where nobody's watching. Yeah. And Samoa Joe is pretty much gone from a commentary, right? Yeah, there's like it's not like he's been put to another place. He's just gone from commentary. I believe I heard he got moved to the talent section though. So a lot of people are speculating maybe Joe's clear to go again. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about that? I mean, I I love Joe's commentary. He was mm-hmm. honestly one. In fact, it got to the point where whenever there was stuff going on, certain things that Joe said. I always caught more than others. Like, my favorite thing to this day is whenever McIntyre hits that Glasgow kiss, and all you hear is Joe in the background, give us a kiss! Like, just little shit like that. Joe is fantastic at commentary. And yes, Stacey was right. Like, I almost got used to hearing him. So it's going to be weird not to. But, I mean, if he can get back in and go, like, I, I'm all for it. So. He's very well-spoken. He's the only well-spoken uh full-blooded Samoan that we've really seen. I mean, I guess until Roman Reigns got his shit intact here. And yeah. I did get used to him, too. But for me, it's not just him getting... Uh, it's not just that. It's not. It, it's also just he. he's extremely good at, at being there. His presence there is very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he has a good pl- presence. And then the third factor, and I hate to bring this up because I like Samoa Joe, but I could really do without Samoa Joe matches, to be completely honest with you. And I don't just mean, like, his Raw matches. I mean his NXT matches. And I mean his Impact matches going back to, like, 2014. Like, oh, he never know, looked... When, 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 when things started to kind of slow down, when you could see things that Joe was just not doing anymore that he used to do. He just didn't seem like he cared anymore. You know? And he, and he kind of seems um, also, he got fatter, you know? Like, he got a lot fucking fatter than he was. You got fucked, you know? Like, like he got fatter than he was before. He didn't look like, like, Joe was never that big, you know? And he stopped doing a lot of the cool things. And I get it, he got older. But the point being that if I had to pick, I've seen the best of Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? I've seen the best of Samoa Joe face off with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. I don't really need to see Samoa Joe fight who? Yeah. And especially the way they act nowadays, I think... The best they'll give us is a match we want with him against somebody, and it'll be a lower pace, slower pace matches. Yeah. Oh, bleh. But uh, yeah, I'm. I don't know. I think that commentary will really fit him, and at least he he got his feet wet because who knows? Maybe he'll commentate somewhere else in the future if it doesn't work out here. Yeah, and I mean, now he now it's different without a shadow of a doubt. When he hangs it up, he has something sitting right there for him because the guy was fantastic on commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, he, he was he was the only one I ever really listened to. I always just kind of tuned everybody else out because he was the only one that ever ever really sounded like he knew exactly what he was talking about. But then again, he's a, he'd been in the ring, so of course he would know. And he's very well spoken, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, where should we go next, Marty Janetti? You want to do Marty Janetti? It's Janetti. 
Yeah, we need to get I, a Mardi Gras. I think I heard about the story too. I didn't read into it, but I think I heard about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this fucking guy. What the fuck is going on? I'm looking. Don't worry. Oh my god. Because like now I think about it, did we mention him during one of the one of the one of the two post shows? I was like, we talked something about Janetti. Yeah, it was the fucking. It was during the event to talk about the Hall of Fame when fucking Xbox teamed with Janetti at one time. My first thought was, hmm. Because you know what the funny thing is? I heard about this story before that show. So in my head, I'm going, oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't say shit. I know it's holding the shot of it, though. But in my head, I'm going, oh, I can't wait to Monday. Because they have no idea this is not the last time we're going to hear today, this week. So he put this on Facebook. OMG. Almost all these loved people here are partying. Most offerings of loves by drank. How long can I hold off till after show? Plus, I'm single. Some of these innocent ladies are showing me too much. Till after work, lol. Definitely will be moving back to Tampa. Clear water for me across the bridge. P.S. One bro brought me a soul shaker full of coke. I don't do that these days during shows. Lol, lol. Nah, nah, unreal. Don't do it much now at all sometimes. Lol. <laughs> I I love I love that word. Don't do it much. What? I love I, it. Got worse because it was at first. <laughs> it was like I don't do that these days during shows. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't. No, nah, I don't do it that much now at all. Sometimes. It's not any better. You're just still admitting you do coke, Marty. <laughs> I don't really know the traditions or rituals or companionship that goes into cocaine i do not partake well, full disclosure that being said i don't think that it's the kind of drug that someone would bring you a fucking soul shaker of if they didn't have some fucking idea that you might be into it can you imagine that <laughs> the other thing that intrigues me is that I, you, i've never heard of a soul shaker of coke before but it almost sounds like i should have right like it's almost the most obvious choice <laughs> it sounds like it's a well-known thing we just been under a rock for the past few years it's like a pencil to wind up a cassette tape. Like, how would you not? You know, of course you're going to put all of your Coke in a salt shaker. Oh, my God. You imagine seasoning shit with that? God, fucking, you imagine that motherfucker gets eggs and it's Coke and pepper. Make sure grandma doesn't accidentally use the wrong salt shaker. Ooh. Fucking salt shaker. Ooh. Right? Oh, you ain't going to believe this granny is sprinting down the interstate right now. Oh, I'm going to hell for that one. Oh, my God. That is nuts. <laughs> this guy, man. He's really got brain damage when he went through that freaking window. Every time I hear about Marty Janetti, you know what it is? It's like Marty Janetti is like my alternate to the fucking Stone Cold Skype. Every time I'm like, I ain't Marty, don't live it down this week. It's just like the Stone Cold Skype, he's never failed me yet. That is unbelievable. Every time I outdo the last one. So there's a story going around. I don't know how relevant this story is but apparently a uh, couple things about this wwe told people that they're not allowed to uh do posts in calvin klein underwear because i guess product placement remember the rule you can't be plugging things so if you were wearing calvin klein underwear in a picture you plug calvin klein make sense why am i asked that <laughs> So, so basically what you're telling me is on the WWE regulations, regulations everybody's free balling. 
Yeah, but the emphasis. <laughs> <laughs> but the emphasis. The emphasis on 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 this story isn't even that. Apparently, the reason why this came to light is because Charlotte still takes pictures blatantly in Calvin Klein shit. Like she put out a picture that had her in Calvin Klein shit, and she um she said in it, "You should see me in a crown Calvin." So she even plugged it in the text. So there's speculation going around, nothing confirmed, but there's speculation going around that the rules don't apply to her. I mean, there's really no other way for me to put it, you know? Right. And I mean, if she, if that's like an established rule and then she posts that, that just backs it up. Yeah, well, I guess she could do whatever the fuck she Let's be real, we've seen with cases like Randy Orton, it's not like they haven't given people just either like the look the other way or special treatment in the past. But is that cool? Like, if, if, if people like Charlotte and Randy Orton essentially can come and go as they please and, like, not have any rules and then, like, everybody else gets fired? Nah, not at all. Because all that's going to do, one, that's just going to discourage everybody else. And two, it's also going to, in turn, make things a little bit more difficult for them because then you're get, constantly getting the side eye. You're constantly one- getting that look of, like... Yeah, like special treatment. The only way it would make any sense to me is if the reason they told everybody not to make a deal with Calvin Klein is because, or not to do Calvin Klein is because they have a deal with Calvin Klein already. And Calvin Klein decided that somebody like Charlotte was going to be representing the brand. And they told WWE that they would like her to be the representative, in which case you probably wouldn't want to have like Morrison wearing Calvin Klein. Could be the case. That's just me giving them uh, some sort of freaking excuse, I guess, at this point. You know, something they something they better hope is a real reason or it's just going to be one more kick on the ladder of bullshit wrong in that place. One more amongst many. Probably looks like the inside of a jail cell at this point. Counting the days, boss, man. Yeah, which I have to ask, why was the Miz suddenly, why are his pants suddenly off? Right. Today? I didn't even see this shit happen. And first of all, Maurice, terrible job trying to cover him up because you really look like you just about to get it in on live TV like you. Yeah, I didn't know what she was doing. It looked like they got tangled with the pants together at first time. I was wondering, how the fuck do you guys get tangled in the pants? What are you, Johnny Morrison too now? Did you catch her trip at the end, though? Did she really? On top of all of that, at, she tripped? At the, at the very end, that's fading to black. I don't know if this was planned or not, but I saw him fall backwards and her trip over his pants. Why would that be planned? The heels were, were the ones that were, that were getting over there. They were getting their heat. I don't even know anymore. Why does half the shit that happens here happen? I don't know. I could ask that for anything that happened on night two of Mania. Unbelievable. We got some Rhonda stuff here. Nothing too relevant. But apparently she's getting a new tattoo to commemorate her MMA wins. Yeah, I did uh, hear about this uh, tattoo. That's going to be a very significant one to her um, her mixed martial arts career. Yeah. Let me, let me see. This is an 11-minute freaking... Oh, I see. I see. Let me bring this up. I guess we could look at it right I want to look at the whole thing. I just want it really small. This small is feel comfortable doing it, but whatever, fun. Okay, that'll work. Yeah, just like this, I guess. Cool. Yeah, like I still like can't believe it. Like looking at it, like I've checked it like nine times. I'm like, really not like that. It's fucking insane. Change the world. Could we go back a little bit so that I could at least try to figure out what the fuck's going on? What is that? Hmm. Because I wanted to say wins, losses, or something, but there's no way. Like, what are the numbers? If I'm looking at it correctly, this is just me making a guess from this angle. 
if that's a if that's a number, I think that might be wait a minute. Because I think one of the ones near the bottom is a fourteen. I think that's how oh. long all of her wins lasted. I got a freaking yep. Take actually, off the wait, yeah, because I saw I saw that um that second to the last one. It's a fourteen. It yep stays to the right. It's the time it took um forever for everyone. Like how fast she would win those fights. Really? Because that 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 because that, that one at the uh, the second to the last one. That's where she tapped out Kat Zingano in fourteen seconds. And see, there's a sixteen right above it. That's when she knocked out. I believe it was either uh, I think it was Alexa Davis in sixteen seconds. Gotcha. That's actually kind of, I like that. That's pretty cool. All right. I moved my browser out the way so I could put it on the big screen. There we go. Yep. So gotcha. in order, there's 26, 57, 25, 225, uh, 49, 25, 39, 267, which I'm guessing that might have been me. One of those two triple digits is Misha. Uh, 54, 289, 58, 66, 16, 14, and 34. Yep, so that's pretty like Oops. Turn that down a little bit there. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah, every one of her uh, UFC wins. Yeah, I believe it was specifically her UFC wins. Every one of those, that's how, that's how long it took her to win. 57 was Autumn Richardson. She's a retired Marine, and that was at the Orleans. In the Tough Enough Amateur Show, the owner of which died not too long ago. I had to go to work the next morning. 25 was for Tate Stratford. It was 6 0. Nobody else would take a match at me at that time. I was also at the Orleans. And the next 25 was for her name was India Gomez. My roommate's dog bit through my foot the day before. I had nine stitches in my foot. And you had a fight. And I had a fight. Doctor was like, Oh, she's like, going to name all of these, huh? There's a backstory like, behind every one of them. First, your stitches open, you know, like... Well, yeah, we're going to definitely link you guys in a chat. We, we don't have 11 minutes. Yeah. But that's pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. People can say what they want. The people who didn't actually ever watch her fight, they can say what they want, but they can knock out twice. But understand, there's a reason you could not watch the UFC and know who the fuck she is. And it's not because of two knockouts. Against, by the way, as we've said, world-class athletes and one girl who hits harder than most at the fucking heavyweights. Yeah, no, I, I told you before how I feel about Ronda and how great that experience was. You know, it was like the Tyson era. You know, getting to watch those pay-per-views was it, an experience. And then on top of that, the business, we got it you know? again. We get we got it again when she came to the WWE. Yeah, like I said before, she changed the business entirely. Changed the whole fucking game. There's a reason that girl's in UFC Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay. We're doing fun stuff today because it's been nothing but bullshit as far as coverage all weekend. So, yeah, but we yeah, will talk a little. Night, yeah, but we will talk a little bit about uh, Seth Rollins. Did Did you hear about Seth Rollins's WrestleMania clothes? <sighs> the drip, the fucking drip. I, I, you know, it was kind of weird at first, but I just love how it's a thing now. The thing is, and I'm gonna bring it up on the screen for you. This is the Seth Rollins stuff, right? This is literally it. This is what he wore to Mania. It's on the screen now, big. <laughs> Skinny flame double-breasted suit jacket, $95. It's on sale right now for $57. Matching pants, $45, but they're on sale right now for $27. So, at worst, this would cost you $140 full price, $84 on sale if you want your own Seth Rollins WrestleMania suit 
from boohooman.com. <laughs> Boohooman. That's not like a shitty Tekken character. I felt stupid, too, because when I read the headline of, of the Price of Seth Rollins thing, as I'm clicking into it, I'm thinking, that shit's probably thousands. See, that's how to get <laughs> Nope. I was like, nope. I spent more today. I should have been at WrestleMania. Maybe night one. Maybe night one. Just don't my, DLC, my DLC costs more than your jacket, Seth. Oh. <laughs> no, it does not. I don't buy DLC anymore. Fuck games. But if I did, it would cost more. <laughs> Still got it. Oh, that is something else. We got the bottom half of this, too. The pants. Let's bring that up on screen. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm so mad at you, too, because now because of you... You say my pants, and I had instant fucking Derek Bateman flashbacks. Ah, my pants! No, my pants! Hello, Brump Dump. How are you? So those are the pants that go to the suit. Oh, my God. That is something else. You can have your own Rollins drip for discount price. Oh, cool. Good to hear. Let me, uh... But, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that, but it's hilarious in a way. You know? I want to meet the guy who's buying those, okay? I want to meet the guy who's like, you know what I need in my life? Rollins drip. Yeah, and by the way, thank you for the follow, sir. I don't have our notifications on the screen right now, but uh, where is the... Uh, we don't even have the button anymore. We have the button? What the fuck? We had it like a day ago. There it is. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> there we go. Ever since that one time, every time you hit that, I'm hoping you fuck up and hit the wrong one again. <laughs> just because that was so fucking funny because I forgot we had that button. That's because I was thinking Jericho, the button's Jericho. The other ones that you just made the list, but the button was labeled Jericho. And I was like, I kept thinking, I got to hit Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. You know, I was like, where's the Jericho button? Thank you for the follow. What are you laughing at, fuck face? And then, exactly. And I was like, aha, Jericho button. What are you laughing at, fuck face? (laughs) Like, whoops, wrong button. That's the the greatest thing there. Because I was like, wait a minute, we still have. It didn't even hit me that wow, somebody got that as a notification. It was, wait, we still have that button? Oh boy! Oh. Too funny. But yep, those 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 are the Rollins pants. Something else, boy. All right. Moving along. Apparently, WWE has released all of the foreign announced teams except for the Spanish ones because they need that announce table. You know? Are <laughs> you buggy? Get out of my head! You fuck. <laughs> My first thought was, well, somebody's got to bump through that second table. Spanish announce table. You notice that kind of stopped. I missed that. It was almost like yeah. a joke, like a running joke. Like, oh, no, not the Spanish announce table. It was never ours. It was just, it was just so funny. Like, Oh, no, they took them to you, the Spanish fact, announce in table. Fact, in fact, you knew it was a big deal if they put you through the regular announce table. Yeah, like it was the Spanish announce table. Why fuck our shit up? But nope, no. That's it. Everybody else is gone. The French people were told that they're out of a job. According to Dirt Sheets here. And it was Peacock's call to just keep the Spanish announcers. So that guy Raymond Rogol or Rogol and John Brassard, they were both let go. We've only seen them a few times when it pans across all the announced teams. But Peacock yeah. was like, nah, we don't need that. Bye. So you just want to say we have anymore. no more Funaki. Yeah. They should have had a Funaki still. You know? I want my Funaki table back, Peacock. Your Funaki table. That sounds like some real shit, don't it? Like, in a way, it does. In a way, it does. So, Teddy Hart's back on the news. And no, he's not in jail. <laughs> no. So, what happened here? Apparently, 
they're saying that he was ejected from a, an event. He went to the PFFX battle event during WrestleMania weekend. He wasn't invited to be there. Showed up anyway. And uh, there was a confrontation outside. Apparently, the ICW owner cut a promo on him. Tell him that he was going to kick his ass if he shows up as another one of his shows. What was it that he did again? I just remember him running from cops or something. This guy gets in so much trouble. I don't even remember what the latest thing is anymore. Yeah. Then he I fucked up some girl or something, and then they got, and he got walked out of the house or some weird shit, and then wound up getting arrested later on. Some crazy shit happened yeah. with him. And he just popped up. Yeah, that one I remember. That one, that one that someone remember. This is so funny. I, we might have talked about it on the air once before, but there's like shit you not. There's literally a page called on Twitter called Is Teddy Hart in Jail? And the cops came and, like, late. The only, the only thing they ever post is yes or no. Beat the fuck out of you. I swear to God, I'll beat your fucking brains in. I don't give a fuck who you are, bitch. Ouch. You fucking little prick. I swear to God, I'll beat your fucking brains in. You fucking little prick. I don't give a fuck who you are, bitch. Ouch. He called you a biatch. The B word. Yeah, well, I've never really liked Teddy Hart. Yeah, I've, I've never been a fan of him. I didn't need him slapping and choking bitches for me to know he was trash. <laughs> but it definitely helped. It, it, <laughs> now everybody it, else it, it saved me It saved me a lot of trouble having to do convincing. Oh, God. You know, bye. Bye, Teddy. So is that it? Do you think this guy's career is done? Wrestling career is over? <sighs> I mean, I feel, like, I, I feel like it's been over. He's just... We, we, if you don't, if he's not fucking up or in jail, you don't ever hear about him. Yeah. This is true. Well, good luck, Teddy. And I don't mean that. Okay. So I'll save that new commentator for when we talk about Raw. Did you ever get to watch the Chris Jericho Broken Skull sessions? Yes, I did. What were your thoughts on it? Loved it. And yeah, yeah. as, um, as it was said last night. Yeah, the AEW stuff was there, but hearing about the other stuff was the highlights. Couple of gentlemen can have another brownie. <laughs> that was such a great moment. Is this a trap? Should I eat the brownies? I had to I had to rewind that whole fucking story. Because I was like, wait, I gotta hear that shit twice. I remember hearing that a long time ago. It might have just been on his own podcast if he's never been on the Stone Cold before, but I remember him being like the same thing. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Why am I? I'm just some guy. Like, why am I in here with Vince? And they're doing, they're doing a booking meeting and they have me here. What do you think the finish should be, Jericho? <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Like, that is crazy. Yeah, man. That is, that is nuts. But Tony Khan actually spoke to Busted Open Radio because everyone knows what Vince's perspective was through Stone Cold talking about when he made the phone call and said, you know, I'm going to have Derek on. Is that OK? And then he said, go ahead and everything else. And he gave him the thumbs up. Uh, that being said, Tony Khan did an interview Busted Open Radio where he explained why he allowed it on his side. How did this come about for you? Because you could have said no. But how did you allow Chris Jericho to uh, go on the Steve Austin podcast? Well, it's a great story, Tommy. Basically, what happened was um, I had never, uh, never even considered this was going to be a possibility. When I when I'd heard from uh, Chris that this was something they wanted to do, uh, I had to think about it for a minute. He and Steve apparently had talked and Steve had asked Chris if he had interest in uh, doing this program or I guess, you know, they had a conversation. It came up. But when Chris brought it up to me. At first, I was taken aback because the idea of Chris doing something on 
Peacock on WWE's channel is obviously going to give me pause. But when he said it was Steve hosting the show, I didn't have to think very hard about it. You know, Busted Open is an independent show, but I really like being on with you guys. I really trust you and enjoy these times we have together. And I really feel that way about Steve, even though Steve works with WWE. And even though that's another wrestling company that we compete with, I trust Steve immensely. And obviously I trust Chris. And just like I would trust Chris to do a great job on Busted Open, I trust him to do a great job with Steve. And I trust Steve to be a great interviewer. And they're both friends of mine. And I feel like it's probably going to be a very good show. I haven't watched it yet, but Chris told me I'm really going to like it. And, you know, it's a great chance for us to go out and promote AEW to a different set of fans. So I was all for it. And definitely Steve being the host had a lot to do with it. Nice. You know, I think it's a great opportunity for everybody involved. It's like, as Triple H said, I guess at the end of the day, it's good for business. Yeah, I, well, I'm not sure uh, it, how it's going to work out, but I, I'm excited about it. And I, anytime Steve is involved in anything, I think it's great. I, I love him so much as a person. I have so much respect for him for everything he's done for wrestling. But he's also just like an awesome, awesome guy. You guys mm-hmm. all have gotten to talk to Steve, and I'm sure you agree with me because pretty much anybody I know who knows Steve has a really high opinion of him. And that was my thought process there. Another thing that people don't point out, which it was pointed out, it was pointed out earlier on the sheets is that, and I forget who said it, but Vince is also seeing this as um, an opportunity for Peacock. You know what I mean? WrestleMania weekend, the growth of it all, another incentive for people to tune in is kind of a situation where it helps both sides. Yeah. You know, everybody wins in this. Mm-hmm. it's funny because in that photo Khan's dressed in a suit and stuff and i was thinking the other day to give him a lot of shit for the way he dresses and what he's doing and everything but it's just because they're wrestling fans wwe fans specifically because if if you know life and you know corporations and you know society the, the most wealthy people dress with just regular clothes you know what i mean they don't go out there yeah. looking like that the steve jobs is of the world the bill gates is of the world they don't go out there suited all up number one so judging him on that is kind of shitty number two for what they're doing, I find it to be more practical of a way to dress. Number one, they're in Florida. Okay. Hot as shit. You know, they don't have to look like that in Florida. Number two, and this is just from the brief glimpses they've given us to backstage. Tony Khan doesn't strike me as just the gorilla position guy. No offense to anybody in gorilla position at WWE. But they always talk about Tony Khan running around and doing all kinds of shit everywhere. You know what I mean? In Florida, right? So I'm just saying if you practically like, yeah, it's not practical to dress the way society deems you to fucking dress like a bunch of stupid looking penguins. You ever think about that? Is that the most when, when you're in the army and shit, there's a reason for the for the camouflage and what you have, your rations, the way that you're equipped suits the purpose of what you're doing as a wrestler as an mma fighter the gloves the boots they give you everything that that goes for you what the fuck is the purpose of looking like that anybody ever wonder that and this comes from someone who's a former suit what's the purpose of dressing like that so that you could put your tongue in some boss's asshole <laughs> right like at the end of the day i mean or you could be some boss who who has his asshole tongued i mean, I mean oh god i mean at the end of the day with the kind of money that tony khan has I don't think any of us are allowed to even so much as try to criticize that man on how he wears. Like he's he doesn't have to like validate his wealth, and most right. people who are rich don't aren't going to buy. That's why they're rich because the they're not wasting the they're not wasting time dressing dressing like dressing up, and they're not wasting money on shit like that. That's what made them rich. They knew how to deal with their money. They're not they understand the objectivity and the and, and like the. 
they understand retail. They understand, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me that that's the shit that he gets criticism for when it's literally being in corporate is the only profession in the world that I can think of that your attire doesn't serve a purpose to your function. The only reason is for you to show, um, I don't want to say submission is the word that I'm looking for, but it almost is, you know, you're pledging some sort of fealty in your appearance and that's what they want. Exactly. So I'm just looking at it like, nah, man, don't judge the guy because he doesn't, because he wears shorts. Really? I love how we're allowed to do that. But if you judge somebody, if you judge a guy for wearing a dress, that's the fucking end of you. Right. But if a, if a billionaire wears shorts, look at him. <laughs> you know, that's the world that we're in. That's the world that we're but, in. But, yeah. I, I, I go through trouble every day, Destin. I do research and I, I look into all kinds of sources to try to figure out why I am not allowed to just fucking walk up to people and punch them in the face. Because there's just so much stupidity out there. Oh, my God. Like, there's what are they talking voice. about? Like, this is how we're judging this guy. Not on who's, what his, his work ethic is or what he brings to the table, but because he wears shorts in Florida when he's running around, running a wrestling company, by the way. This isn't like the WWE where they have the big corporate. They don't got that big writing room full of the idiots that we're making fun of. This is a guy who's trying. And it's a more intimate atmosphere. He's friends with these people. I'd be pissed. You guys are lucky that he's a nice guy because I'd be pissed if somebody told me I couldn't walk around in my shorts in my fucking wrestling company that I built in under a year. Right. I dare After somebody. After owning a whole football team. Let me tell you something right now. When I'm, Until you own another football team, you don't get to tell Tony Khan how to fucking dress. That motherfucker could pay off your house six times over and not put a fucking dent in his bank account. But because he wears shorts, it's a problem. I'd be more excited to work for the guy who owns the company and he's sitting there in a freaking Metallica t-shirt and shorts because I'm like, oh, this guy's chill. And on top of that, does it, ever, does it ever kind of like convey to people too? Maybe he just wants everybody to feel comfortable and not like just like, hey, this is just my boss or anything. You're saying his booking like, hey, is shit. Like, You're saying his booking is shit. But how do you know that, George? I just want, I'm just curious. I want to hear George's answer and, to and, how he knows Tony Khan's booking and shit. And understand, before you talk about the fact that we, about we will sometimes bury it, keep in mind that we talk about the good stuff, too. I'm not disagreeing. Over. I'm just asking him, like, what evidence does he have to present that his booking is shit? Because we because come on here with evidence every week, but... And what I mean by evidence, and I guess I'm sort of giving the answer away here, is that, like, we've come on here and been like, the person who did this angle was this person. This person wrote this segment. This person did this finish. This person did that. With Tony Khan, it's honestly too soon. Don't make the mistake that a lot of people made with WWE, where they go, oh, Russo, and then years later in shoots, you have people going, that wasn't Russo. Yeah. A lot was of actually such and such. Fucking, like, apparently the last rights match, I think that was Dutch Mantel. Yeah. It's too early with this team for us to know who's booking what. And I don't know Tony Khan well enough yet to look at his booking and be able to go, oh, that was Tony Khan, which you could do. You know, I've heard I've heard Cornette and other people and Bischoff and someone say, oh, you know, this match had all of the big hits and big moves back and forth. That's Heyman match. You know what I mean? Or or whatever. There's just different things that people put in matches where you'll know that it's them. It's like we don't I don't really know. Well, all we know is Tony Khan. That's has Arn and, and see, the back only there. Cody back books. They have a whole bunch of fucking program. people. That doesn't say shit. We watch Raw, but until we name the people who are writing the shit, we don't fucking know. 
Yeah, they're all booking different things. You know what I mean? And yeah, Khan's directly involved with a lot of it, but I, I don't... And that's the thing. Not everything in AEW sucks, just like any other wrestling company. Then there's... A, I think there's still... As much as I give them the criticism, there's still more good there than bad. Yeah. We don't know Vince books. That's been we my have, argument on here. I've, I've brought that shit up many a time. That is literally... You're right. That's a great comparison. I always Pritchard, fucking Road Dog, fucking Noble... Like, and we've come on here, we've specifically been like, it's Bruce Pritchard who said that this, 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 and this needs to happen. And it was Paul Heyman, you know, like that's the thing. We, we could do that with WWE because we know the infrastructure better, which drives them crazy. We don't know it in AEW. You know what I mean? We can, we can say that Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman wanted to push, uh, Alistair Black, right? That was one of his guys. He wanted to push Andrade Cien Almas. Who else? He wanted to push. Most of the people that got de-pushed, if you look at the people that got de-pushed, there's a list of them. But you could go and get confirmation that, uh, of who's booking what and who's in charge here. With, with AEW, the, the line's a little bit too blurred. I can't point like at Tony, Tony Khan and be like, that's you. You did this. Because we know that it's a collaboration. And you're right. Vince allows it. If you want to say Tony Khan allows it, you can absolutely say that. But that's like blaming the, the developer when you should blame the publisher or the publisher when you should blame a developer with the game. You got to know when which is which. Why is this game shitty? Is it because it was forced to be released early or is it because the developer is a numbskull? Right. Or is it a combination we, of both? We were able to point out that 2K20 bombed because you slept. AEW has problems. You actually left. AEW has problems. I'm not disagreeing with you there. I just can't say who's to blame for those problems. We can say who's to blame for allowing everything. But he also, just like with Vince, that means he's also responsible for allowing the good. And once again, it's another case. Pointing out all the bad, ignoring the good. And, you, and, and that's another thing. You can't really look at someone. Like, that's really an unfair stance to put somebody in. Like, I'm going to judge this person Like when bad things happen. I'm not saying you. I'm saying because wrestling people have a habit of doing this, like the whole wrestling community. I'm going to judge this person when bad things happen. But I'm going to discard the all the good things that happen like their the hand isn't the, the hand stirring the pot either way and i do you like the super you don't you know that's kind of how i look at it just to remember no not on you i'm not saying specifically yeah. you i'm saying as an example of just uh the way because that you're not the only one remember this shit started as me talking about people shitting on tony khan not you shitting on tony khan but i'm just saying that this is the way people think and the way they they handle themselves when it comes to that like we don't know yet what he's responsible for you know, as a matter of fact, recently, and I wanted to clarify and correct something that we said on here. He recently in an interview spoke about how that conversation with TNT didn't go that way. There was a conversation that was had. He said that he had it, but that they like surprises. They like the fact that there are surprises like Sting. They also like the fact that there are announcements like Paul White. They do like both things. And it wasn't the way that the dirt sheet spun it. And that's another thing when I, I I'll come on here and I'll clarify shit. I notice, and I don't see anybody else ever do that, and that kind of bothers me. And I'm not saying other people don't. I'm just saying that the shows that I, I've watched in the past, because I don't really watch any now, they'll drop a dirt sheet headline, report the story, and I never see anybody come back the following week and be like, oh, by the way, some of that stuff last week was bullshit. Ever. I don't see that anywhere on the internet. Prove me wrong, because I'd like to meet those people. Maybe I'd collaborate with them. But I know a lot of these stories, they never get debunked. And that's the reason why a lot of this stuff becomes propaganda. Because people hear the headline, they hear the story, and no one ever follows up. I, I try to go out of my way. Where it's like, if we notice that, oh, wait a minute, that was bullshit. I'll come back here and I'll tell you guys. Like, no, nah, that story turned out not to pan out. 
And um, so I'm kind of careful when it comes to the, the, the things with Tony Khan because everybody's attacking specifically Khan. Right. Because once again, that's the only one they actually know. And, but yet and, when, but, but, but and yet, I'll be when the their first. favorite gets the win, they're nowhere to fucking be found. And I'll be the first to come on here and be like, yep, that was Tony Khan, shitty booking, you know. But even to this day, look at Dixie Carter. We know Dixie Carter was in TNA. That's just to give you an example. But we really have no idea. Like, I couldn't tell you when it was Dixie. Like, when her and Derek were there, I couldn't tell you who was doing what. That's the point that I'm making. We know that they sucked. And we know that things didn't work out. But we can't really even say when. Because at the same time, when during that era, whenever bad things happened, people were saying Russo. They were like, oh, fucking Russo, fucking Bischoff. And you know what, man? At one point, point I did hear um, that Dixie did silently hire him back, but... He right, but the point, but but the point is that when, that I've watched a lot of years of Impact where people go oh, fucking Russo and Bischoff. This is what happens, but no one ever really talks about the fact that Bischoff and Russo left for years and nothing got better at all. It got worse. It got way worse. It got None almost unwatchable. And, and then it's the worst it's ever been. And then everybody started going, "Oh, Dixie, fucking Dixie." And then Dixie left. And who do we have now? Don Callis and all these dudes. Yeah, fucking like Scott Demore. You know. And it still didn't get better. So I'm, I'm just saying that like TNA is where I kind of learned this. Look at how many heads were cut off of this fucking snake. And, and nothing changed, we're man. Still get bit. You know what I mean? So that makes you wonder, in hindsight, was it ever Russo? Was it ever Bischoff? Was it ever Dixie? Is there a bigger problem here? And so I don't want to make the same mistake when, uh, when like the AEW stuff. Because like with TNA, look at how the more stories come out, the more bizarre it is. Sometimes it's just a collaboration. Sometimes the chemistry. And that's something Bishop touched on too with him leaving there. He said the chemistry between the people just isn't there. Sometimes one person being a part of something or not being a part of something completely changes the chemistry and the dun- dynamic of the entire thing. That's the reason why there's such a significant reaction whenever somebody leave, leaves an attack team, a stable breaks up, somebody in a rock band leaves and gets replaced by another lead guitarist or singer. There's a dynamic that people have, a formula between people. And whenever you change or insert or eject one person out of that formula, that entire dynamic changes. So if we know that algorithm of the world, then we know that that automatically means that we always have to blame a dynamic and not a singular person. And the proof to me of the fact that that dynamic is such a delicate structure that could be destroyed by just the absence or presence of one person is the fact that wwe has only really been able to hit that formula a few times and after going through thousands of combinations we hire this right we fire that right we put this creative guy we get that creative guy no more this some more of that a little bit of this they're trying to find that dynamic again whether they're doing it consciously or not they're not looking for a specific person they're looking for a specific dynamic when you're trying to put together a corporation when you're trying to make that dynamic it's like trying to do a rubik's cube and this is my second Rubik's Cube metaphor, someone who doesn't fuck with them. But you're looking at it. You don't just stare at it and go, all right, well, I think first I'm going to turn that side, then I'm going to turn this side. You start moving it around and seeing if you get it closer and what the colors are lying. All right, that looks a little bit better. Shit. Let's see if I could. You know what I mean? That's sort of how this works. So the Tony Khan thing, um, and, I, and I didn't mean to touch on this today. The Tony Khan thing, like I said, this guy gets heat for how he dresses. He gets, he gets shit for all the booking and everything. It's like they, they need to let it go. And... uh because he's also the one who's helping Impact. Part of his shitty booking, he's the one who came up with that whole Impact thing that, that's putting that company over. Right. The only thing they're doing that's actually entertaining on that show is because of that guy in the shorts. So, you know, I can't really say that he's a shitty booker yet. 
And I don't care if he wears shorts. I don't care if he. I don't care if he. What was the other thing that they eat a bunch of junk food or whatever? He likes to have something like he looks like he always. Why is that the concern? Well, no, they do have like a bag of some food that I forget what it is. If it's if a chip or a snack that they keep, I don't. Who fucking cares? It's a wrestling company, and we're worried about shorts and what he eats. But then the other company, they give the other ownership for 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 judging people, like if they have unhealthy food at the table, right? Because we know that Vince will give you a dirty look. We've heard from many people, like if you're eating garbage, you know, he's like those two girls in that one commercial when the dad's eating. Ew, that's so gross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so gross, and he just didn't want to eat anything after a while. He's going to bite into the hamburger in the the backseat. Do that now. I just see that, but just Vince's face. Ew, that's so gross. I would have thrown that burger at that bitch. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. See, I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to put it in a microwave, reheat it, nuke shit, and then throw it at her. Oh, you ruined it. Oh. What's the point? Like, just let, let people be, man. Like, that's, that's what people are judging nowadays. And you know what it is? Everyone's becoming hungry. And I hate to say, but even the dirt sheets. Everyone wants to nibble on something. They're like, nib, 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 nib. They want to nibble on a little bit of story and shit, man. I, I laughed out loud earlier because I'm looking for, I'm putting together this program and one of the headlines is backstage reaction to Dana Brooke slipping on the ramp, right? You couldn't make this shit up. I click into it and the quote is that the help came from backstage and dried the floor. That made onto a dirt cheap people. Backstage reaction to Dana Brooke's fall. Click one fucking line. Backstage help came and dried the floor. Wait, so it's fig- that word for word, right? Word for word. I figured so, so, they so, dried the floor. Here's, here's a problem. That was Mandy. Wrong. Whatever. Whichever one from Mandy. Yeah, you're right. It was Mandy. Because I was about to say, wow, they even got the girl wrong too. Yeah. And, and, and being that this isn't the old talk brunch, we try to have a little bit more class here. We're not going to talk about all of the titties that came out during WrestleMania. You can go look for yourselves on the dirt sheets and get those stories. But I'm just saying maybe next year we just try a little bit harder with these outfits. I'm not a tailor or nothing. But if everybody's nips are slipping... Then whatever. I mean, Dana and them didn't seem to care. Who else was it? There was another person, right? There were a few people whose boobs wound up out during these 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 WrestleManias. I know, I know one was Dana. I can't remember what the other ones were. Oh yeah, Carmella, Carmella, Carmella came when she was on the ropes. I saw that too, and I, I was it was out out too. But, but the point being that maybe they need to do something with these outfits. And I don't know if you noticed, we're gonna get into NXT later on. But what's her name? Scarlet. Um, she made a smart move because her outfit was very exposed. But she was very worried about it. Like, during her whole intro, she kept checking herself. Like, go watch. The, she's doing the end is yeah, near. She's she, she, she keeping very aware of where everything is. The end is near. Boobs are still in. End is near. <laughs> Boobs are still in. End is near. Boobs are still here. <laughs> like, she was careful, boy. But not the other girls. Yeah, there were, there were a couple of nip slips there as far as all the botches and shit that happened, man. There, there wasn't just Mandy busting her ass. Dana, Dana's boobs. There was all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're right. She's not wrestling. So she's able to keep her shit held down. These girls are not so much. But Carmella was like on the ramp. This was like during her intro. Like she's on the ramp part. You know? It was more like a flash. (laughs) You know? At that point. I mean, whatever. Anyway. We got to pick another story. Because again, we didn't have a program structure here. Who has time when you're doing a show every day? Never again. It's a good thing I ain't doing that shit again after this week. You know, I wouldn't run it past them to not do it again. Well, they can eat a dick if they try that shit again. Oh, right. We the Jericho thing, which we only t- we only touched base about a little bit because I didn't want to talk a little bit about that. Um. So, so what was your favorite part of the whole thing? Oh my god, it was damn. This, 
you know, actually, it was one. Of, it's one of my favorite because it's one of my favorite Jericho matches. When um he talked about the ladder match with Shawn Michaels at No right. Mercy, and it's kind of funny because we mentioned uh during the post show last night that uh, Natty made it out safe. Sadly, she didn't. Busted lip. But yeah, uh, and and the pictures deleted. I I should have grabbed them when I saw, it, but the picture of her lip I saw. I don't know if they made her take that down or what's going on. But I noticed I went to grab it just before. I was like, what the fuck is gone? I know I just saw it, but it's it's off her account now. But yeah, it looked it looked a little rough. Which uh, again, so we're gonna we're talking about here. Shayna can't have the knees anymore. But go ahead. But yeah, so he um mentioned the fact that one of the one of the memorable things about that was that Jericho got busted up pretty bad. I think he mentioned the fact that the his lip getting busted almost kind of enhanced it because it really portrayed how violent and personal that match got. Yeah, yeah, and I mentioned that the other day. But uh, yeah, it's 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 uh her knees that she needs to stop, man. I mean, I'm sorry, but if she can't do the knees properly. You know what the bad you part know? about this though, nobody's gonna make her stop. I think they will. I think that uh, I think now at this point it's over. Like it, it's like it has to be stopped. I mean, you know? you just like I said about Oksana, you know what I mean, and a few other people. Just like I said about Eva Marie. Like now, or now we're in stop territory. That's it. You know, I know when stop territories do. This is it. Receipts are either in play, which they don't really do that anymore, or uh, I think they're just gonna take that away. Too sloppy and with that. Yeah, and I like, I like Shane, and I love the way the knee looks, but probably because it looks very realistic, probably because it's a real knee. You see? Ooh, yeah. I don't know. At this point, I don't even trust him and take it away, but we'll see what happens. But no, that, I think that was like one of my personal favorites just because like at least of... It's kind of weird. I see, some, I see Jericho in like eras of like the era of like short hair Jericho. That was one of my favorite matches of his. Just because I love that moment um, at the end where they both have unhooked the title, but they're just dangling from it. And it's yeah. like, you don't know who's going to get it. That's such a cool thing, because ladder matches don't do that very often. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, they did a really good job with that. you know. And uh, I like the fact that the focus wasn't going to be the AEW stuff, the elephant in the room. You know, They talked yeah. about it. They talked about it very candidly. And uh, that's really all that there was to it. But more his admiration for Vince and the conversations that he's had with him, I thought was really cool. Yeah, you know. that was, I think, something that was more important that needed to be heard than just talking about AEW like we don't know he's an AEW. Which always kind of bounced me, too, when I see when I used to see all over social media, people were just like, oh, he's actually got to talk about AEW. It's like, yeah, the guy who works for AEW, who was their first world champion, isn't going to talk about AEW. And even if that was the case, it's like, it's Austin's show. They're not going to tell Austin, no. Yeah. Did you hear about CM Punk, what he said on TMZ? I did not. He predicted what Chris Jericho's appearance would be like, or he tried to. Let's see if I could get this up here for you. I think it's interesting for sure. Obviously, I understand the buzz. Um, maybe I'll give it a shot and I'll watch it, but it, it feels like it's going to be softball questions. I don't know if they're going to ask Jericho all the, the, the tough questions, and nor do I think they possibly should. It's, it's an interesting situation so it'll probably just be like a feel-good interview they'll talk about jericho's past in wwe i'm sure they'll mention aew but they won't get into um the hard questions that i think a lot of people will be interested in you know are you surprised though that they're like you know that tony khan and vince mcmahon would even allow this uh you know honestly my knee-jerk reaction opinion on it is I think that shows that Vince McMahon isn't afraid of AEW at all. Because if he was, he wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, anytime anybody's talking about you, it's good. They, there will be people who don't know AEW exists who will watch it and say, oh, wow, cool. I didn't know that. I just thought Jericho was retired. Um, 
but there is also something to be said about keeping your guys special. And the only place you can see this superstar is on my television show. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a new age. And I think, uh, both companies need all the eyeballs they get at the moment. So, you know, kudos to everybody involved. More likely we see you in an MMA cage again or a professional wrestling ring again. Oh God. Um, you know, I'm busy doing a lot of TV and movies right now. Um, and there's a lot more gray in this beard than there was even a year ago. So, uh, I never say never. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm 42. I'm getting a little long in the tooth, especially for MMA. I still train, uh, but getting in the cage and, and fighting is a, is a different animal. You got to commit to a long training camp, especially for me, because I started way late. So my knowledge of everything and my, you know, just experience is at a, is at a lower level. I just decided to fight at the highest level for some silly reason. I mean, I heard BJ Penn's looking for another fight. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't. I wonder what he meant by the hard hitting questions, though. Like, what what questions do you feel? Any questions that were hard hitting that were avoided or that could have been asked in that? Not really. I mean, it's not like there's going to be some grand secret of why he showed up in AEW. Like, there's really no hard hitting questions to ask. Like, it's just like I mean, he'd mentioned he's mentioned before that he um that I guess Vince was just okay with him going there. So it's like. It's not like there's going to be any grand secrets to come out of it. Like, I feel like sometimes people try to try to try to look into the, the, these things for more than it's actually there. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's like it's obvious he's going to mention the company and put over some of the people he likes working with. And it was like Punk said, it works better for both ends because there's probably people there, there could be people who um have never even heard of AEW. And then they're like, oh, that's where Jericho's wrestling now? They could have been Jericho fans their whole lives. They're always like, okay, let's see what he's doing here. Oh, he has his own fucking faction, and they're fucking funny? Ooh, let me stick with this for a little bit. Like, it might. I don't think in, it, it, in most cases. I think at the point that you have the WWE Network and you're watching it at that time, or at any time that you're going to watch a podcast, you probably already know about AEW. Yeah, you know what it's I mean. Like, it, it's a it's a it's a low low chance you have somebody who don't who doesn't know about it. But I guess maybe hearing it from Jericho, you kind of get a little bit more of an insight into what it's like there. Yeah, I do see that, I, I guess. But yeah, Punk can't go back into the MMA, man. He's too old oh for that. <laughs> he was too old when he showed up. It was interesting when he brought up Vince McMahon, though. Like, it indicates to him that Vince McMahon's not really scared of AEW, which I agree. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a reason to be. I mean, they didn't beat Raw or SmackDown or anything. They they just uh, they just beat what they pretend that the third brand was conveniently. Yeah, which I mean, I mean, I mean, they caught him in that demographic one time, but yeah, I wouldn't even be worried about that right now. That's the mistake that they made over in TNA was going, oh, we're another Raw, and then they was like, nope, don't even think that way. That's the wrong route to go. We already know that doesn't work. Right. You know, like why do that shit again? Okay, what else do we got here? We're combing through this stuff. I gotta admit, uh, unfortunate news. Oh yeah, kind of sad. I, didn't, I didn't know the exact one. I know you're going to. Uh, you might not, because there's a few. But Shotzi Blackheart, uh, her father passed away. Yeah, I heard about this. This was um, hey. I'm trying to think how long ago this was. No, it wasn't terribly. It wasn't a long, long time ago. But it wasn't this April 11th. It was like a couple of days ago. Oh, oh wow! It was more recent than I thought it was. Like I feel like the timing was her winning the titles and her father dying. You know what I mean? Like it happened WrestleMania weekend. I don't think I think maybe WrestleMania night one happened and it happened between night one and night two. 
because I know her, her and Ember winning those titles on that weekly. They they had they both the both those events happened not too far apart. Yeah, so condolences to her, man. That sucks. The timing couldn't oh, yeah. be worse. Her father was a massive supporter of hers, so yeah. And it doesn't end there because Matt and Jeff Hardy's father, Claude Gilbert Hardy, also died. And I believe this was the same day. He was 87 oh. years old. There was an obituary from Sanford Herald. Oh, I'm sorry. So this was April 8th. He died earlier. Yeah. He survived by his sons, Matt Hardy, of, of Cameron, and Jeff Hardy, of Cameron, and five grandchildren. They said he passed away April 6th. So I guess the, the obituary was April 8th. They have no cause of death. Funeral services were on the 11th. So I, it's just crazy, man. Like, yeah. it's just shock. That, that I know the happen. one thing I'd heard um, Matt mention, I think it was not even on Instagram, but he mentioned the fact that um, when their mother passed, they were right there with her when she took that final breath, and it was the same case with their dad. So. That's good. That's good, man. It really sucks. It, it, uh, for, uh, yeah, from somebody who's lost a family and not got a chance to say goodbye, that means that's as painful as it is, it does make you feel a little bit better to know you were there at those last moments. Like it, it, it's almost weird to say it almost it doesn't make it hurt less, but it makes it easier. It makes it a slight bit easier to deal with. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. And, and, and the timing again, the timing is just awful, though. Yeah, you know? it sucks. And then, of course, we have the big tragic news, the passing of DMX. Man, which this one hurt. Not wrestling related, but it's just very pop culture related, you know? So it's like something that we have to bring up. It's a big one. And I mean, considering that we do sometimes talk uh, MMA, um, one of his songs, Ain't No Sunshine, that was Anderson Silva's walkout song. Yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. So much going far back with him. Uh, Natalia wrote something that I thought was really cool. The Dirt Sheets picked this up, credit to them, Ringside and everyone. But it's she, her uh, tribute was, it's important to remember that we are all struggling and we all have struggled at some point in our lives. We are all human. These times are so difficult. Prayers up for one of my favorite musicians ever. Life is fragile. Life is precious. You are loved. Hashtag rip DMX. So, yeah, there is a lot of, lot of stuff so far so good with 2021 versus 2020 the first quarter has been tragic but not nearly as rough as last year oh my god last year it was like every week if there's a silver lining to be said about any of this anyway rest in peace dmx and thank you for the music the talent and the memories exactly a lot of people like to bring up bullshit that happened with them now it's like no don't waste time focusing on that especially when the man's already gone like focus on the happy times with him like yeah, well, I know. I saw. I saw. I saw a video come out not too long when he performed at Woodstock. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome, man. I guess the last thing we talk about before we go over the NXTs and the the, the weeklies, the last Wednesday Night War would be the WWE 2K22. It's being reported by Fightful Select that 2K is trying to be different with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to be more transparent about the process this time around. Is what the quote is that's going around. So they're going to be giving us a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And the producers and developers of the game are trying to be accountable after the last effort of 2K20. I kind of feel like there was always a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, though. Yeah, sounds like I guess it'd be even more than usual. Sure. I mean, that should come in the form of a demo. That's more than usual. How about a playable demo with servers on that we can connect to each other 
and play with four characters in the demo. Yeah, I mean, that is a thing. that is become a more common thing with a lot of games nowadays. Is it's like a playable demo, at least if it's only out, even if it's only out for maybe like a weekend or something. It's something. Yeah, let me smell my wine before I throw it in your fucking face. If you do this, you know, don't try to just spoon feed me this shit. Give me a demo. Everyone has a demo. There's betas. There's all kinds of shit that you can do. And no chubby wrestlers. Yeah. Why? Is there a reason why? And no chubby wrestlers. I guess maybe they were scaled incorrectly in the last game. I didn't even see. I wouldn't have fucking surprised me. There were some people that were a little bit. There, there, there were some people that had a little extra chunk. <laughs> I hope they don't put that in their bullet points. Oh, my God. Oh, tiny, be- like last game. Were they tiny last game? I don't even know. Oh, I see what you mean. She's talking about uh, Battlegrounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, they need to, this doesn't even look like All-Stars Remaster 2. And no chubby wrestlers. Because I was sitting there trying to think, and I was like, wait a minute, who was chubby in 2K20? I was like, oh, no. I was thinking, don't tell me. Muffin top. I was telling me, don't, I was thinking, don't tell me you're getting on Kimberly 2 this week, man. Because you know, Kimberly got angry. People have been calling her fat. And they go act like if they was in a room, they still wouldn't try to hit it and get turned down. She's awesome. Are you kidding me? Girl is great. I've been going into a habit now of like finding some of her old stuff. Yeah, that girl is amazing. Yeah, she, she's a good kind of fat. She's thick. Yeah, are you kidding me? How can you like women and criticize Kimberly? What are you, fucking nuts? Because they don't actually like women. Boo. Boo them. I was waiting for... I was waiting for somebody to chuckle. I was <laughs> oh, boy. And that was the whole program. That's not even like may as well move over to the weeklies. Now we got the weeklies left. Yes, I'm so happy. Oh, that, 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 that's it. So I'm ecstatic. All right. First of all, we got to talk about the Hall of Fame. Chippy, chippy. Everything that we didn't oh, talk oh, about oh, for oh, WrestleMania. The Hall of Fame simulation? The Hall of Fame was garbage. I went into a little bit of detail. Because I wanted to talk about it on here. But the Hall of Fame is an embarrassment. And it was one of the few times that I didn't take joy. Not even want to say take joy, but find humor or a silver lining of some sort in watching this Hall of Fame. The more I watched, the more genuinely unhappy and upset it made me. And I'm not even trying to be overdramatic, but it just felt like a waste of everything. It felt like a waste of my time. It felt like a waste of the inductions. It just felt like a fucking waste. That needed to be delayed or reformatted. The speeches had no flavor. The Thunderdome seemed fake as fucked with those timed reactions. Because now they not only were the people not really there. Remember we talked about how they had them send in videos of them applauding and doing all kinds of different emotions. So now they had this perfect synchronization of when you'd hear the applauding sound effect, you'd see everyone clapping in unison like drones, which no one looks that way. It it was distracting that that was done that way. The last time I've seen people all applaud like that was in the fucking Senate meeting with Padme and Palpatine. You know what I mean? And even then, that looked more realistic. Like, it's just, yeah, like it was... And then you have no shots of people in the crowd. And what I mean by that is, like, there were times when, like, someone would come up and be like, you know, if it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't have got me there. Usually that would be the point where you see the person, you haven't seen them in a long time, the crowd the crowd shot you get of them to stand up, you know, and they stand up or whatever. Those moments, like, oh, like with JBL, we brought up freaking Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons would have been there, you know I mean? There would have been a cut of Ron Simmons, maybe would have came up or done something. Then, then also not having people induct them, you know? Like, the Hall of Fame... That, that was the thing that ruined it for me over everything else. Yeah, so it's like, you like don't the, have the people. The inductions pieces were one of my favorite parts. 
Yeah, the induction speeches are great. So you get these induction speeches. Those are cut out. And then for me, part of it not only was the induction speeches, but again, the call-outs in the crowd. When the guy's giving a speech, they call out the crowd. Oh, you over there, you know, my buddy over here. I haven't forgotten. You know, and the people are there reacting. Some people have gone up and sang songs and shit or done things or had little bits. There, It's an interactive thing. It's a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe how dry. I've never felt like the soul sucked out of me the way that this Hall of Fame did. Just no shots of people, no references to old stories that they could really do. Having an old buddy come up, sing a song, tell jokes. Even having shots of like the McMahon family in the front and Rock's family and them all dressed up and what they're like. I, it, it was so dry. And you don't even have the basic fucking common sense, the basic common sense to at the very least put the Thunderdome faces to be those people. It wouldn't have been as good either way, but it would have been at least a notch up from it just being the fucking piped in made up Thunderdome. You can't put the yourselves like the people who would normally be in the front rows in the Thunderdome. What a fucking joke. And then on top of that, we didn't even, we didn't talk about this part. The fucking what? Three to five minute speeches. What? Randy Orton and this Shane's promos, and even like- Randy Orton, Shane's promos and even retribution promos all longer than the Hall of Fame speeches. Like what? It felt so dry. British Bulldogs induction. You have Harry Smith out there. Why not have Natalia and Tyson kids somewhere? Didn't they? Weren't they the Hart Dynasty? Yeah. That would at least be some sort of a callback, right? We can get. We have access to Natalia. You know how I know because she's on the roster. And something tells me that we would get access to Tyson Kidd through her. He's a producer. And the fact that they're all hearts tells me that Harry would be fucking okay with. Like I don't understand how that didn't happen. And then when they're out there, right, which is bad enough that it's Harry with the family members that we don't really know that well. No disrespect, but I don't give a fuck about Buffy the dog. I want Natalia the wrestler. I don't want Buffy the fucking dog. Oh, Buffy's out here. Who the fuck's Buffy? The only Buffy I know is Buffy Summers, motherfucker. <laughs> Two to five minute speeches, but we have time for Buffy the fucking dog. <laughs> and then there were people on Twitter like if they know Buffy was out there too. Fuck you. You fucking marks. Acting like if you were expecting or waiting, even Buffy was there. Buffy well, was out Buffy there too. Be this year. Fuck off. <laughs> Always trying to act like you're part of the shit. Did you guys see Buffy out there? It was so cute. Fuck you. You didn't even know Buffy a minute ago. <laughs> Stop acting like there's a fucking history. I hate I hate the wrestling marks lately with that shit. I didn't come here to see Buffy. <laughs> if fucking it was a real Hall of Fame, fucking Buffy wouldn't have been there. Oh <sighs> my god. And then the NWO induction. They had Hogan out there with the shitty little WCW World Heavyweight toy belt. It was... <laughs> so, I've, seen, I've seen fanny packs bigger. It's this little shitty... <laughs> so... I'm going to break the fourth wall for a real quick second. All right. One of a old close friend of mine from back in South Carolina sent me an extra late birthday gift. You want to know what it was, Rick? It was... A full, it was a scaled, authentic replica of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Oh, that must be beautiful. Oh, dude, it's fucking gorgeous. I gotta take a picture of it. It's like 10 pounds. The fucking center plate is bigger than my head. This thing is gorgeous. It looked better okay. than the fucking toy they belt they gave Hogan. Bro, dude, they gave him a fucking toy belt for the Hall of Fame. He came up there. They spray painted NWO. They didn't even need, fuck spray paint. They must have used the Sharpie because it was such a small title. That must be the magic marker. The magic marker NWO for life. Can you imagine them? NWO. How disrespectful. Not just the NWO, but Hogan's out there. And you bring them. The the belt that they're known for. You guys didn't have a belt. 
somewhere. You can order one from WWEShop.com. You're too busy trying to... WrestleMania store. You're too busy trying to flag my fucking videos, which isn't working, by the way. Do something else. Ridiculous, man. <laughs> they, had that man out there. Yo, they had that grown-ass man out there with that little fucking... Do we have... I'm, you know, I'm taking fucking extra time. We're, we're ahead of time here. Yeah, we need to get... Where's the fucking Hall of Fame? Was that night one? That was night one? Uh, Yeah. Because um, the, the, the first part of the Hall of Fame was the 2020 class. Bear with me here. I did that thing where I clicked the completely wrong thing and now some other shit's gonna open. Oh, God. I know, right? I believe in their fucking toy belt. It's when it happened they had a real fucking belt. Unbelievable. Like, it's so funny. I almost started to mention it when we talked about it over the weekend, but I was like, no, nah, no, nah, if we bring it up on the Monday show, then I'll mention it. Yes, they said, right. They give the kids with cancer real titles, not fucking Hogan. Nope, not Hogan. He, he gets that one you find in the, built in, in the bargain bin at Walmart where somebody's already torn at the cardboard trying to steal it. I'm looking for this because I desperately need uh, this needs to happen. You said it was night one, right? Uh, no, it wasn't night one of Mania, but it was like Tuesday. I want to say so. No, but I'm saying what Hall of Fame was he? 2000, 2001? Oh, he, 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 was the, he was the 2020 Hall of Fame. 2020. Okay. Let's bring that up on the screen then for a minute here. I just didn't know what Hall of Fame. I didn't remember it. It was all a big blur to me. Okay. So, where we go here? Obviously, they're going to be toward the end. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Oh. Dude, look at the belt. The oh, fucking... God look, at that. look at the Tory Hogan belt. It doesn't even look the same. Can, 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 do we have a close-up shot? Because, like, this, it doesn't even look the same size as the old WCW belt. That's not even the same size, is it? No, it is not. Big it's gold was cl- better than that. It's not even close to the same size. I'm going to tell you like this, Rick. I'm looking at this freaking IWGP <laughs> belt that I, have, that I have basically sitting kind of displayed in my room. I'm going to find a better spot for it later. This thing looks bigger than the one we see Okada in Night of I made one like that in sixth grade. It probably looks better. Like, look at how fucking small that is, man. He came out strumming that shit like a banjo. Instead of doing a, the thing like the thing, he was going to do the fucking, <laughs> the, 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 the camera grass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't even say that now because at least camera grass would have spent real money on a real one. What do y'all think of me in the NWO? Look, I, I think it was the great. Look, I put my own beat. The new oh beat's about God. to drop. <laughs> he strummed that shit coming out. It's like a little banjo. Like, you know, since, since we take us the time for this shit, Rick, I just said it to you uh, on Facebook. That picture I sent you, that's the one I have. Does that shit not look better than this fucking Hogan toy Walmart belt? I'll bring it up in a minute. They didn't give a, they didn't give a fuck about the, about the Hall of Fame at all. Look at that. Look at how last oh minute that George, belt it's is. It's a violin. I am done with you, George. <laughs> look at how last minute. Yeah, he may as well play me the theme of Chrono Cross or Soul Edge on that shit. <laughs> it looked, yo. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. It looks like you have to be things. careful. Though. It looks like the reason his hand like is like that is because if he doesn't touch it right, the fucking center blade will snap. Oh, so funny. God. I'm trying to get to your image now. Yeah. I want to see my phone. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you can pull it up on the screen, but if not, you may have a lot of reaction either way. But yeah, like, look at mine versus look at that piece of shit. And I made sure to take that picture in the daylight when I first got it. So it was just like, oh, God. 
Like, what the fuck? Good God. Yeah, that's how the title should look. All right, it looks good, right? Yeah. The, the only downside with that one is just like, it's a different kind of leather. It's not like real leather, but it's like, you can't even tell. But this shit, the NWO doesn't even look like a regular NWO. It looks like somebody tried to like draw it in one of the games and just can't draw. But that's why, because it's little. You have to use a oh magic marker. You know, that's the whole reason. But yeah, they didn't care at all. This was this is supposed to be like a celebration, and you're not supposed to time these guys on their uh, on their stuff. I mean, you, know? you obviously don't want them to Mr. T it, but at the same time, no, I want them to Mr. T it. Those great moments, man. We got to hear about his mama. <laughs> and then what was the can't lost? You don't want him yeah. to hillbilly Jim it. That's what you don't want him to do. Somewhere out there, he's still going. I wish I could have seen the backstage reaction to that. Oh my god. What a waste of a Hall of Fame speech. But that's on him. He's allowed to do that. It's his choice. Yeah, see, that is mine. Look at that thing. Versus fucking Hogan. This is his dwarfed title. <laughs> and, and the best part about it is the detail that went, because it even has the etched names on it. Yeah, the, the, the other on the other hand, this was the WWE Battlegrounds title. Oh, my God. It was the fucking DLC, because you got authentic their fucking DLC. But, oh, my God, I'm so done with George. George said they used WD-40 for the <laughs> And then Ozzy's induction, one of the biggest, most influential people in rock. You know what I mean? Like, his induction was maybe 15 seconds. I'd have my stopwatch out. Oh my God. I hated his and Shatner's because they were shorter. I, I've seen freaking, oh my God, I've seen TikTok videos freaking longer. Jushin Thunder Liger, man. You know what I mean? We inducted Jushin Thunder Liger. You know what a big deal this is? The See, Jushin the, Thunder I, Liger? I believe Jushin in, invented the shooting star press, right? Uh, did he? I'm I'm not sure. I there's there's some there's a, there's a there's an airborne move. I can't remember which one it is. It might be the shooting star, but he invented it. Mm, well, Jushin Thunder Liger, one of the biggest names in wrestling. It's so the original big little man. Let the world come back and induct this guy the way he deserves to be inducted up there with a speech around loved ones. You know what? Like I can't believe. That's the shit that really hit me. Like, people that are, like, real legends, not, like, life legends. You know, Ozzy Osbourne, Jushin Thunder Liger, even William Shatner. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe that they did that digital Zoom shit. You know? They could get the real crowd to watch for us to watch them fuck up the fiend. They can't give us the real crowd to induct Ozzy Osbourne. It's not a good or bad product, man. It's just a product. As long as they have a product, they don't give a fuck. You know? That's everyone's that's that's everyone's MO nowadays. As long as you have something, you got something. Well, I'm here to tell them their product sucks. I can't blame you there, man. Oh jeez. It was like it was, it was like I said fucking Sunday night. You are a better man than me, even though I know you had to, you are a better man for me than giving them fucking peacock money. Yeah, and we have to talk about that too, because I did come on here to clarify on, on the Rick's rant and I said I shouldn't give these people money. I'm not gonna give them money that censor wrestling. Objectively speaking though. There was no other way. You can't VPN to another country and still access your WWE network. They deleted the account. They they literally funneled us into Peacock. My options being to watch it from an unofficial stream, which I recommend if you're just a fan watching. But for the sake of what we do on here, putting together this show, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of resources. Breaking the fourth wall myself here a bit. So as somebody who has to do this shit like on a daily basis... No one really thinks about the fact that this is a one-man operation from the technical aspect. I'm running the screen. I'm making sure that ticker's labeled properly. Those overlays that you see are follow alerts. The chat room, the links that are going up here. 
as well as on Twitter simultaneously, the screen that comes up with all of the audio is being cut and put on here preemptively before the show. All of the stories that are being outlined and put together along with the photos, images that come on, as well as post-production. Not a lot of people realize this, but the version that you listen to, if you're listening, which the majority of you, thousands of you, which I thank you for on iTunes, iHeartRadio, that's compressed down because when we're in here watching it on the screen, and it's not that you're losing content, but there's times that neither one of us are saying anything. And we're watching something on the screen or we're looking for something through our program. That would be dead air if you're not watching on Twitch or uh, Facebook where we have something going on. Those dead air parts are not even there when you're when you're listening to us on the uh, on the podcast. No content is removed, but it's, it's a smoother ride. That being said, I'm, I'm the mind behind everything as far as the visuals, the design of the website, uh, our, even our private gilded uh, room that some people are in, like literally all of this. So I digress. I can't afford during WrestleMania weekend, and this is me speaking and I'll be in here. This is my third fucking day uh, podcasting in a row. I can't afford for something to buffer or for a stream to end, and I have to click something while I'm typing feverishly or taking notes or whatever I'm doing while eating and interacting with my girl in real life and you guys in the chat room and keeping the polls up to par. And whenever a match is over, changing the percentages and adding the finishes to the polls that are scrolling on the infinite ticker and changing the artwork when they take or put somebody out of a match. I can't afford for something to buffer and me miss something in these matches. So I have no choice but to get Peacock. Which I got the uh, the two fifty is two fifty for a month. They, they it's not really it's nine ninety nine for four months. You can't individually do two fifty. So I paid the nine ninety nine for four months. I took the bullet because a lot of you I don't want to take the bullet. You shouldn't have to. I don't expect you to get Peacock because I got it. I think you shouldn't. It's a necessity for what we do. I don't get it. I don't expect you to get it any more than I expect you to get a professional podcast microphone or a solid state hard drive or a machine that does any of that stuff, an Elgato capture card, or any of that. This is on me. There are resources that I have to take from myself physically, mentally, and financially to be able to make this shit happen. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to bear those burdens onto my community. So when I speak, I speak as the community when I say not to pay for that. It's not worth it right now. If you still want to do it, sure. In my opinion, for what I do, it's worth it for me. Because I'm I'm consistent. Again, we're 451 episodes in. I think maybe I missed a Monday that I made up. You know what I mean? We don't. You never see me on here on Twitter. Sorry, guys, but today we're feeling tired. I need to nap on the couch. You never see me on here. Like you never see me disappear without an explanation. You know, it's like this is consistent now going on into seven years. So I don't have time to fuck around, and I don't want to diminish the quality of our show because they forced us onto Peacock. So yeah, the the objective choice here was to just fucking pay for it. You know, I just figured I would clarify that, which I almost forgot to do um, going into this entire thing. You know, and again, this is by no means me complaining. I enjoy doing it. I love doing this. To me, the, the wrestling is the burden and the doing, creating the content is the payoff a lot of the time. We suffer you know, through Raw to get to the one part. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, but, but I looked at, the point that I'm trying to make is that my purchase of Peacock, I looked at it like the purchase of the boom arm on my mic or my mic itself or the or the or the Elgato or the or the drive or a laptop or anything. I just looked at it as this is another thing that I'm doing for the show that I'm getting on for the show, not for the WWE or NBC or Peacock. It's a tool that I'm, I happen to utilize that I need for the stuff that I'm doing. 
And it annoyed me. It's not like I just went there and did it. I looked into every possible option with limited time. Because keep in mind that that they purposely made it where that 250 a month deal expires the day of WrestleMania. So you have up until the day before during SmackDown, essentially, to have gotten this deal. Worst case scenario is that you don't find another source and now you have to come crawling back to them during WrestleMania and pay full price. Now you don't get the deal. Now you're paying for something that you don't 100% agree with and you're still paying the money you were paying back for the network that you were getting. I didn't want to get funneled into there. So yeah, I had to make that difficult choice, like a lot of difficult choices, because the reality is if, if there was no talk brunch, would I need a microphone that's more than 12 bucks? Probably not. No, definitely not 200. Would I need a boom arm that cost them the, the price of a game? I wouldn't need any of that shit. So it, again, I say for content creators, a lot of the time we bear expenses and by telling you guys not to do it game reviewers do it too they'll buy the game even if the developers give them a copy they'll a lot of them even acg for example is a great reviewer by principle they'll purchase the game and they'll review the game and then they'll just be like don't fucking buy this and nobody would be like well you bought it it's kind of like he'd be like well i have to i'm a fucking reviewer (laughs) you know what i mean that's kind of where i'm standing with the peacock thing i'm telling you don't get this service but I'm also, you know, I couldn't tell you that if I didn't get it, you know, exactly. if you're going to criticize, if you're not religious, if you want to be an atheist, I'd at least read the Bible. I'm not going to believe an atheist who didn't read the Bible. Does that make any sense? Perfect. You know, like if you're an atheist, oh, I'm an atheist. Did you read the Bible? No. Then there's no fucking way that I could believe you're a true atheist. And that's the problem with atheists, that most of them haven't read the Bible because they don't believe it. But you didn't read it. So now we go on an endless loop. If you didn't read it, how do you believe it? If you don't believe it, how, do you, how can you read it? You see, there's, no, there's a lack of education there. And then they, they get angry. People get angry when you do review something because of the fact that when you learn about something, you can objectively criticize it. And then that criticism is there. Because it's not coming from a place of malice. It's coming from a place of truth because you looked into the facts. That's what we're doing with Peacock right now. Don't do as I say. Say as I do. Or don't do as I do. Say as I say. One of those. One of them. And actually, the only thing you missed is uh, the Hall of Fame sucked and my belt's better than Hogan's. No, we're just talking. We're shooting the shit about the reason why I don't think that you guys should buy Peacock, but I, I myself did. That's all, because it came up a few times over the weekend, because obviously I had to be able to cover the stuff for you guys. Anyway, that doesn't even say that when this $9.99 deal for four months ends, that I'm still going to be on board. I don't know where I'm going to be at that point, you know, as far as getting their pay-per-views or doing this stuff. We have to cross that bridge when we get to it. As far as I'm concerned, this is a play-by-ear year. Write it down. (laughs) Yes. This is the play-by-ear year, because I don't know what the hell is going to happen with anything. I just know that the Hall of Fame sucks. And then I'm not even done with the Hall of Fame. I couldn't be done with the Hall of Fame because I had to save the best for fucking last. And it's not even going to be anything that you're familiar with. But this is this is the beauty of if you don't believe me, those are just some Mark who cares about wrestling and blah, blah, blah. He's overdramatic about it. If you don't believe that they don't give a fuck. There was a woman that they showed, right? I don't really pay attention to these parts, but this is what happened. They were doing some sort of when they show like the uh, the the African American the woman the old woman from the NWA and everything right the fifties and sixties pro wrestlers they showed they were doing a tribute for Ethel Johnson. You guys might not have caught this. You could go back and catch it if they haven't edited it. So they show Ethel Johnson, wrestler from the fifties and sixties, won the NWA championship. 
Um, she was also in the 60s and 80s, held several titles in the U.S. and in Japan. The problem with this tribute was that they showed someone named Sandy Parker. That's not Ethel Johnson in the tribute at all. That's another woman, completely unrelated. There's just some other footage of some other woman that's not the one that they were inducting. Completely wrong. It's not like it's a relative or they had a feud. It's not like this was Mae Young and they actually put a shot of Moolah. They are unrelated. It's just somebody else. That's the Hall of Fame. So before you go and go, oh, these marks are blah, blah, blah. They did the black history thing. Whatever the black history woman that they put up there wasn't the right fucking one. So now everybody who's SJW, come join hands with me in this, this, in this horrible thing that they did. And this disgraceful acknowledgement of black history and women. You see? They, they put the wrong fucking woman. <laughs> they couldn't even get that right with the video being ahead of time. That's like if you sent the kid and to get a book report. It. That's like if you sent the kid to get a book report. And he just does the wrong book report. But you did it ahead of time. That's He's standing up there talking about the Martin Luther King and about I have a dream. He's up there with Martin Luther King. I have a dream with a picture of Malcolm X. Martin Luther King. I had a dream. I'm going to pick up Jerry the King Lawler. This company is horseshit. Count them out. You can count them out now. They couldn't even get this shit right. It's like I've said before. Company. <laughs> it, it, it's like I've said before, and I'm gonna say it again for new people. If you ever wonder why sometimes I give AEW a little less slack, it's because WWE's been here for ye- decades. They, they, it's their ceremony, and they could not even get the person that they're inducting the proper fucking footage. And it's not even like it's the first time they've done this. They've been doing this for years. Fire the person who did that. And everyone related to them. And everyone who hung out with them had lunch. Whoever took a break with that motherfucker that day should get fired. Whoever graduated with him, fucking fire him. That's the way that I would run a business. Like, look, who was with him? Who took break? You guys went where? Where do you eat? You ate at Popeye's? You? You two at Popeye's? You you two at Popeye's? You win these? You go back to your seat. You three Popeye's motherfuckers get lost. Take you were the ones you were the ones that messed up the black history thing. I can't keep you here. Somebody's falling on the sword for this. Somebody's gotta go. I'll give you a severance package, but I'm reporting to the public that you're fired. Even if one day in the future I really like you and I hire you back and this is just for I'm gonna make a point of at least looking good in the public eye. Just to show that I give a fuck. But in order to do that, I'd I'd have to not care. I'd not have to actually give a fuck. I just have to give a fuck that other people think that I give a fuck. And they don't even give that much of a fuck that they're even trying to create the illusion that they care anymore. They don't even care enough to pretend. <laughs> they just clearly don't care. You know what I mean? They're not sorry. You know? Because blind marks out here will defend this horseshit. Once again, <sighs> I say, if you're one of those, you're the problem. Don't support. I mean, that's what they that's what they gave you. They gave you a taped show that was done like shit. Taped. <laughs> I like you taped. <laughs> That's the part that bothers me the most out of that whole segment. They they taped that Hall of Fame what a week or two ahead of time, so that's seven to fourteen days where nobody fucking knows it was the wrong black woman, or somebody knows and just said nah. I would have had you write that down as the second episode choice, wrong black woman. I just don't want to get any heat right now. You know what the sad part is? I'm fighting ours to do it. I really fucking sorry, wrong black woman. Fuck. <laughs> Our bad. They didn't even give you a sorry, wrong black woman in this. Right, they, 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 they the even beat me like a fucking South Park. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Fucking nothing. 
Thank you for the likes on Facebook. I have no idea why the uh, thing. I got to get this shit to turn on. And lately, I haven't been noticing it coming on automatically. Maybe something changed. I just haven't had the time because I'm always on here. But yeah, thank you. Uh, if I could get closer here. You know, just, why don't I use your phone? I, I Actually, I changed phones today. And you know what? Just so it could sit next to me and not be used every single time something happens, right? <laughs> the other screen's kind of far. Um, Gulam Raza Utara Tariq Khan. No relation to Tony Khan, I'm assuming. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> did it again. It's the Whoopi Goldberg bit all over again. It's the talk for a throwback for you. Whoopi Go- Bill Goldberg, no relation to Whoopi Goldberg. Or the Goldbergs. <laughs> or Michael Goldberg. Oh, God. See, see, those little one-liners, there was more effort put in those than there was in the entire fucking Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of Fame aggravated me. That being said, guys, this is the final Wednesday Night War. It's time to talk about AEW Dynamite episode 80. This opens with the inner circle coming in with Mike Tyson, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they had announced uh, maybe a couple of days earlier that Tyson was going to show up. Mm-hmm. But you hadn't seen and, Tyson in uh, AEW in a little bit. And show up he did. Let me bring up an AEW video here so that we can look through it peel through it together while we're doing the reviews here like i said organization guys it's just been a lot like this is like a three-day program so fuck off if i'm not moving at your speed but once again as chaotic as it is hey it's still smooth mm-hmm. i did like the acclaimed rap those guys are starting to grow on me slowly but he makes me eat time because i almost can't resist to like always have the rap songs on here you know they're just so much especially fun. when they do especially when they do like the tape ones Somewhere down the road, the question still remains, can he close the deal? The acclaimed, top of the chain, so I bet you know the name. Getting all the fans entertained. The acclaimed, hey. running in the game, and we get out hey. of the lane. Everybody's yeah. saying that they want to yeah. be acclaimed. Hangman, you a changed man. Used to be a star, and now you fade in. Platinum, the flyest on the air. Catch you slipping like Joe Biden on the stairs. <laughs> so check your process. I'm dancing with the devil like I'm Lil Nas X. And you a one-trick pony. Treat me like a breathalyzer. And <laughs> you can't say that on TNT. Well, Platinum Max Caster, the number three ranked contender. AEW! Those guys are great. Have a run! Oh, Bowens just got dropped. Tell you what, the number one. So funny, man. Oh my god, that shit killed the Joe Biden thing. Fucking killed me. So, uh, finishes Buckshot Larry. A big surprise there, huh? Yeah, Page Com continues his role, but um, fucking Max hung in there with him. Oh yeah, for sure. Like he, the, the kid looks good. You know, yeah. he has like a lot Both of potential. Guys- they're, they're those are two very talented athletes right there, and I love that. Sometimes they do overdo it a little bit, but then this is one of the cases where they did it right to like show you understand this kid can hang with some of the big boys. Yeah, like it was it was every now and then it's it's okay to have a match. Not George doesn't like them either. You don't like anything. You hate everything. Yeah. They watch too much Eight Mile. <laughs> Hopefully, you can come up with a better reason. I'm not liking them than fucking not liking the way Tony Khan dresses them. But yeah, you know, I thought that he did really good with a match like this because at the end of the day, you're fighting somebody. You're in a match with someone who's more talented than you. You're on national television. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. 
I can't believe you fucking worked that back in the- <laughs> Cause opportunity comes once in a lifetime, you y'all. <laughs> Just wanted to annoy George a little bit more. I swear to God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah, good looking stuff. I mean, to keep that on so long, they gave me heat for that. Man, you kept our shit on that whole time. You weren't even reviewing it anymore. We were reviewing it. Part of the review was 8 Mile. We were comparing Mm -hmm. 8 Mile to the acclaimed. It's true. So the best friends war and death triangle that they're they're back in town, I guess. Yeah, pretty much, I guess, since uh, Trent. Is back and now they have Chris Statlander, and she's the alien and she joins them. Why? Why is the feud with Death Triangle like? Or like, why, why are they heels again? It, well, I, I think it's more um, the, maybe starting like the potential for them doing something with Death Triangle because uh, they actually do have their tag title match this coming week, so this coming Wednesday. I mean, right? I gotcha. I guess. I guess it's more. I, what this almost seemed more the fact that like since Death Friends are basically back at full strength. They're trying. They're gonna try to make a run for the tag titles, and Death Triangle just happened to be the number one contenders. So. And anyone that didn't watch on TNT, I believe that uh, the commer- This is the commercial break, right? Is this the commercial break here? Because this is this is definitely the fight TV feed. So, okay, that's usually when they have this, right? Hit me up. Tony? Absolutely, all over the world. We yeah, this is a commercial break for sure. I love the commercial breaks. In India, and a very special look. <laughs> I love Chris Harrington on that. Is he there? Uh, he'll be there soon. I, I like how they just have to improv until they come back from break. Like, you just see them babbling what nonsense. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, I haven't been following Can you guys this. even see this? <laughs> 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 it's some real funny stuff. Just, just laugh a lot. <laughs> I love no, I that, that this is where the freedom works out. The practical, it's just very practical, you know? It's, it's cool. I, there's, the, there's the part that, this is where AEW thrives, like where they just, they, 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 they just they make sure even though, because the, there's been times where I've gone to live events, and you can tell when the match hit the commercial because it's just dull. Like, no, they keep everybody entertained on the commercial breaks. Yeah, they're very natural, you know? I do know TK very well. And sometimes still, that's, some, that, that's sometimes the best way to be because you get, oh, you're going to get more pure reaction. One more thing here, guys. Come on. Hang with us here. I just want to see him take time out of his day to write all this. And he gets the pop. That's a long commercial breakdown. They really leave him to carry that whole commercial. Like, fuck. You know, here's the thing about Did you trust anybody else to do it like Sammy? The, the, the inner circle not necessarily always been fan favorites, but anybody. Why is this such a long commercial break? So listen, we're in commercial break right now. No shit. But about 30 seconds before, I'll give you guys the cue and start that inner circle chant that you started. So it makes us sound like we're really popular when we come back from commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is amazing. And then it cuts away. That is absolutely, that's awesome. That's so fucking funny. That's amazing. And then this is the sound coming back from commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, what do you know? The inner circle's really fucking wild. We are the inner circle! Yeah! (laughs) That is great. (laughs) That added to it. That was so much better. You see, that's why I love the Fight TV version, man. That's one of of my favorite things. It's It's two hours, but... Like shit like that. Like I was funny things going on. 
See, you can It's hard. It's see that this is stuff, stuff like that is why I give these. I don't give these guys a hard time because we wouldn't have got that anywhere else. They just sat there and they fucking twiddling their dicks all fucking day till the commercial came back. But you see, that's the mistake I, oh, that I we made. I always wonder to this day, mm-hmm. and I think I might have even seen it maybe once or twice. What happens when somebody comes out for like an entrance and then they just ride the commercial till they're back? But I feel like that's the mistake that we made with Impact and with TNA, you know, because I remember being there, man. I remember being there with ECW. I'm not going to give these guys a hard time. I'm not going to give these guys a hard time. At times, you got to give them a hard time because that thing that we just watched that you like, you want to have more of it. If you don't give them a hard time now in the future, there will be no hard time to give them anymore. Yeah. So rather than being known as the asshole who gave them the hard time, you won't be known as anything because they won't be around to know you, you know? You I mean, to- I, th- I think a better way to put it is like, when it comes to when they do stuff wrong, obviously it's going to be like, yeah, that didn't make any fucking sense. But I can't give them as hard of a time as some of the other places who have been here so much longer, if that makes more sense. I, I get it. But at the, on, on yeah. the flip side, the wrestling companies and the people in charge of them have to understand that people only give people a hard time when they're invested in something. Yeah, they're invested in you. If they're complaining or if they're giving you a hard time about something or if they're telling you things that they want. You need to 100% perceive that as positive because if somebody's asking you for something, that means that they still want you. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, if they were done with you, they turned the fucking channel. We have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Crunchyroll. There's so many different things. Peacock now, you could even just stay on Peacock and just fuck off with that. You know what I mean? When it comes to like at least the WWE stuff. So, fuck this Hall of Fame going to watch Save by the So sometimes the complaining comes from a good place when you're looking at these companies because oh, if yeah. the people genuinely didn't care they would be like oh this it would be like everything else that disappears it would just silently fart away and everyone would just change the channel the feedback is something that they really should start taking as what it is a fucking blessing and that goes for all aspects of life you take feedback criticism take it all as a blessing if i'm on here and i hear people saying that i suck i don't give a fuck because they're listening when I get people who get reactions and they're going, oh, you know what he said the other day? I don't care. I look at it all as positive. You know, like uh, I don't think a person's worth, and Manson said it himself, a person's worth isn't, isn't measured by love or hate. You know, just interaction. I'm paraphrasing it, but you got to sort of look at it like they're watching you, right? Dude, eventually, though, what happens is... To watch you. But eventually what happens is they stop doing that. That's what happened with Impact. Impact, they became so desensitized to the dumb shit that no one just, no one even gave them feedback anymore. You know what I mean? It just became, no one gives them feedback. When's the last time that someone said anything? I can't that, and that's the difference between when you can tell someone cares about something and when they don't. When someone cares about something, they're going to go, this sucks. It should be more like this. When someone doesn't care about something and they're just done with it and they want it to crash and burn, their attitude is going to be more like, ha ha. And that's how everyone became with TNA. Oh, they shot somebody at a wedding. Ha ha. No one became, you know what they should have done, or you know how they could have fixed this, or you know what they should have had. Oh, they were going to use someone in the decay. No one cared. When, when someone doesn't give a shit, their criticism is just criticism. It's not creative criticism. There's not a solution or a suggestion at the end of it. It's just fuck you. And I didn't like seeing Impact going from a company where it was like, I didn't like them doing this. I wish they would do this instead to a company where they went, yep, that's what we expect from them. That's where they can fuck off. And if that happens to AEW, you're not going to have any more of these moments where that you enjoy because uh they they thought that they, no one ever told them when they were fucking up yeah you know exactly. so, so there's a balance there you know it's like i don't try to give them shit it comes from a good place you know i want to see this company do good obviously i like everybody in it you know but 
they can't just keep, we can't give everything a pass right now with the way things are. Anyway, here, let's listen to some of Jericho Pearl before we jump Phil, more into man, this. You've got to go smaller, take baby steps, be better than Peter Avalon. By the be way, I like that he called him Pineapple. <laughs> be better than that stupid Burberry scarf you've been wearing for a few years. It's tired, it's old, it's stale, and it sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Time to change it up. And besides, I was rocking the scarf gimmick five years ago, and if you're so much superior than me, why are you stealing my shit, man? That's lame. <laughs> I love looking at I got an old clipboard in the back. If you want to take that and add it to the list of gimmicks that you stole from Le Champion, go for it. You see, you're not as good as you think you are, Max. You believe your own hype. I see you listening to the critics. I see you listening to the fans online. Oh my gosh, you would beeline to the back after every match and promo you ever had to check how people thought you did. You know what? We call that in the pro wrestling business being a mark. But I'm going to change that to call it being a max. Because you, my friend, are a max for yourself. A max for yourself. Write it down. And the true issue is this. Max, you know, you'll never, ever be better than Chris Jericho. But I was a callback. You'll never be better than me, and you know it. It's a and big deal. And that's fine wine in your brain to ferment and sour, which is... That's one thing. Jericho doesn't do callbacks. So, you must really have pissed him off, MJF. He said never, ever. Holy shit. You made him go into his bag of old gimmicks? Yeah. If you make him go back into an old gimmick reference, he's going to kick your ass, man. <laughs> right. The apocalypse is not coming. Like, I would take that shit very seriously. You made him say something from a previous gimmick? Whoa. I don't want to be MJF. I don't even want to be associated with him. That was, a, that was a line he said in the first promo we ever made on WWE TV. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Taz tries to recruit, and, like, Christian? What? Why? Yeah. I guess it's like, hey, get us. I guess it's because he sees how Cage is starting to kind of, I don't even know if I call it defect, but then thinking on his own, so it's like, I gotta replace him quick. Christian and I know each other like a very long time. We've shared locker rooms worldwide. Uh, we've competed against each other. So that all being said, seven years, my friend, that's a long time. Okay, seven years is a long time. You know what? I have a team of men that can help you get to where you want to be. So I'm going to flat out do this without wasting time and make the offer right here. Christian, I want you to be part of Team Taz. Flat out offer. My guys. Can I love how you made him seem like he won something. You can help my guys. In turn, you can help me. It's well documented. I'm putting out fires left and right with Team Taz as of late. A guy with your wealth of knowledge can help me. Taz, no, 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 you listen, bro. Take your time. I don't want to put you on the spot. We're good. Sleep on it. Just sleep on it. Well, Christian Cage, a massive opportunity has been placed before you. Uh, speaking of massive, now Jurassic Express versus Bear Country in our very own Godzilla versus Kong matchup. And nobody cares. Nah, it happened. Some stuff went down. I believe Jurassic Express won, and yeah. Yeah, you'd have to tell me. I don't yeah. remember. I didn't pay too yeah, much they, attention. Yeah, uh, basically... Let me have a look here. Was, Did I even notate anything here? Um, uh, Luchasaurus going over. Oh, yeah, yeah, there is some. Can I get that spot? He, let me see if I can find this. It's going to be hard to find. Luchasaurus busting. Like, the, the his dives, man. He dives so awkwardly. I don't know if I could find it. I don't, yeah, I don't know why his body moves the way it does. 
to when he you know, when he dies. Like even like when you see like a Damian Priest or like a Keith Lee, it's just okay, it's just a big man doing that. But with with Luchasaurus, he has to move his body in such a different way. I've never understood why. Look at this sequence. Yeah, I thought this is funny. So you hear Jungle Boy, he does his thing first, right? So check this out. Boundless patch, look at it, go! Looking really good. Jungle Boy, it just looks like gravity has a grudge against him. Look at how he looks. Oh, Jungle Boy. Or or Lutasaurus. Gravity thinks sit down. Yeah, that was something else. Uh Jake talking to Sting and asking him where his little gerbil friend is, man. That's messed up. Where's his little gerbil friend? Where's his little gerbil friend? Ha <laughs> like, ha. It threw me off for a second. I was like, wow, that's an interesting little insult. His little gerbil friend. Yeah, like, what, what, what friend is the gerbil? And I was like, oh. Let me see if I could get that part. That made me laugh, though. That popped me. I was like, Bitch. But they say it's sanity when you keep doing the same thing. Did I go past it already? Here in a moment for the TNT Championship. I know you got a, a lot on your mind. What a response oh. from the. That's not the way we do it. You remember? Here we go. How can you forget it's only been, what, seven days? You start, we come interrupt, you do nothing but keep your mouth shut. Or in your case, shut your hole. Where's your little where's your little gerbil friend at? <laughs> it's so much worse than Jay's voice. You know, they say it's sanity, and I am a crazy son of a bitch. But they say it's sanity when you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you expect different results. You know what? It's enough, Jake. If that's the definition of insanity and you're crazy, I'm one sick son of a bitch. And I'm sick and tired of the agenda in AEW. You bring me in, you put me to the top, and then you take me away. I fight Moxley, and then I go away. I work main event after main event after main event, and then I go away, and I'm done with it. The world's going to pay attention to the murder. They can't decide whose face or heel in this company. You're going to pay attention. You know, he was hanging out with Moxley a few weeks ago, then he turned again. It's like he's already had a couple of heel turns. Yeah. Fucking Jake's promos still hit to this day. Like, it's that voice, like. Yeah, definitely. The raspy voice motherfucker, does it. My motherfucker sounds like a supervillain. Like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Darby Allen goes over that J.D. Dre guy. I mean, I don't know. It's just a jobber. Um, but then afterwards, the Butcher and the Blade jump him. And then the Dark Order with Taya Conti wind up attacking Bunny because she gets involved in the jumping of him. Somehow from this, I thought it was going to go to the Taya Conti thing with, with Bunny, but it winds up being the inner circle uh, getting barricaded in their locker room the way DX did during SummerSlam of 98 when they brought China yeah. in the ring and brought her down to her knees. It was literally, except it was that. Because uh, I they saw jumped that and I was like, looks familiar. They jumped Jericho. He even takes a spiked pile driver, which I have... Uh, I have issues with that part of it because at the end of everything, he was standing up with everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's a spiked pile driver on the steel fucking, wasn't on the steel steps? No, no, the steel steps. That was, um, well, let me see. Uh, I don't believe so. I can't remember. I think that was, I think you might be, I think you might be thinking of the QT Marshall thing. Am I? Yeah. Cause, cause I, I know like he, 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 he spiked, uh, Cody on the, he spiked it was a dust on the steps, I believe. No, but I feel like this this week Jericho got spiked on the steps, didn't he? 
or he got spiked on something. He hit. A, I feel like someone hit a spike pile driver on him. I think. Yeah, I think he. Did. I think he did take a pile driver in the middle of that, but I don't remember the steps though. Yeah, so maybe not step, but it's nonetheless a spike pile driver. You know, which when when somebody forces you down onto it, it's just weird that he would even be standing after that shit. You know, like it's impossible. Yeah, but even though uh, the inner circle couldn't get to him, somebody got to him. Hold on, let me see if I could bring back to where they where they bring him out. Just give me a minute here. Huge news, Chris Jericho, blood and guts, May fifth, right here at Daily. So he's backstage, inner circle, and pinnacle. You look more handsome than normal, Alex. What's going on? A little face. Yeah, they attack him, bring him forward from behind. And the pinnacle. Look at this. Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, Sean Spears, Wardlow. Where's inner circle guys? Well, that's the question right now. Look at this. This is a, a gang of salt. The brawling happens. I'm trying to find this. Jericho on his own. What's hit going it. on here? Oh my God! There's no, there's absolutely no way that he can defend it himself against six of these guys. In the inner circle nowhere to be found as a pinnacle, just a gang assault on Chris Jericho here. Marvez mentioned it would be. I look choking him with a scarf. That would be a no-no in WWE. Pinnacle not content to wait. Well, we all knew when Jericho said what he said, there would be some sort of answer. I didn't think it would be this. Ganging up on one man. Jericho getting retribution for each and every member. Yeah, see, oh, no, he does take a fucking pinnacle. spike power driver. Spike power There's no, Jericho. like, you don't think he should sell that, like, for the rest of the night? Yeah, I, I, I spike he, he, he sold that better. They're down there. Go. Wait a minute. What do we got here? You know, and then you got these guys barricading their locker room. That's like a. That door has been bolted shut. It's like DX. Yeah, they try to get through, but they do a miserable job. Yeah, but even though oh, the inner yeah. circle couldn't get to him, that's what they did. They somebody got to him already. Him in their own dressing yep. room, nailed it shut, and Sean Spears has set up the table on the outside. Oh my God! Oh, boy, Remember Wardlow's loving this. Remember yes. Wardlow power powerbomb Jericho off the stage. Look at those evil eyes of Wardlow. Oh, oh my God! Well, I think business is picking up. The legend himself. Now, the last time we saw he and Jericho go face to face. Remember that? Iron Mike is ready to fight. What's going to happen here? That is still scary. Oh, look at this. Stop yeah, look at that. Body shots up to the chairman, Sean Spears. And look at this. He is. He is. Bl- so, Mike Tyson. Apparently, this was their way of competing in the final Wednesday Night War against the NXT TakeOver Night 1. This was like their attempt at uh, having something big happen. And uh, yeah, it looked good. You know, that whole thing happens. And it's funny because he was was against Jericho before. So it's just weird that they became buddies, you know? Iron Mike Tyson! When Jericho, Jericho in a recent shoot said that he feels like the inner circle could be like DX. He took that shit seriously. They even put Mike Tyson in it, you know? <laughs> right. What emotion. What an atmosphere here in Daly's place. Well, Jer- you know, it's baffling to me how Tyson still looks scared. And now they got Iron Mike Tyson standing with him. What a show of force <laughs> by Iron Mike Tyson. Iron Mike looks great. He does, Jim. You're it. Man, he looks great. He will forever be known as the baddest man on the planet. Uh, look at this. But now what? Hug it out. Hug it out. Hug it out. I was thinking the same thing when this happened. Pull him apart. 
Yeah. Yes. Way better than MJF. Tyson Berry, <laughs> right here on Dynamite. What a moment. Well, the plot thickens in the inner circle pinnacle story. <laughs> oh, the little kid is having attention. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But of course, one thing they had mentioned at the start of that, they did announce that, um, I can't see what the exact date is. I believe it's sometime maybe the next month, but, uh, yeah, we are finally going to get blood and guts. Nice. Yeah, they did. Time is going to be inner circle versus pinnacle. And I'm also sharing that in the chat room for you guys. Even though we're running the direct feed here, I do keep the link streams on reserve. So there you go. Got this shit. Yeah, we got it in all forms. So what else did we have happen of interest here? You had uh, uh well after this we actually got Taya Conti versus uh the bunny. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. And yeah, uh, obviously finished. obviously uh they're not gonna have the bunny go over Conti. Conti has a lot of momentum right now. Yeah. Yeah, she's rolling strong. She did um, I believe mention on her social media, she did really enjoy having a negative one Brody Jr. out there with her. She she was like shoot happy. Yeah. <laughs> him out there. She, She's very physical and she does a really good job. And it's kind of funny because it's, she's nothing like the NXT version of herself, which says something about their developmental having holes in it because this girl left, went somewhere else and looks more natural and more comfortable in her own skin than she did the entire time that they had access to her. Exactly. You know? What do you think of Ali? The, 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 this Ali shit. So this, the bunny is. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm kind of trying to figure my way around it. I'm glad that we're actually getting to see more of her, so it's giving me more of a chance to get a read on her. But what I've always kind of liked um, about the fact that she's stuck with the bunny thing was it's actually a backstory to her feud, to uh, what well, not even a feud, her friendship with Rosemary, because Rosemary started calling her bunny, and it's kind of cool that that stuck for so long to the point where it's part of it. So I always enjoy that. That but I sense. think I the fact that. that we're actually going to see her more now that she's aligned with Matt Hardy, it'll give me an easier time to get a read on her because I had a hard time doing it with uh, the Butcher and the Blade. Right. I know exactly what you mean. And uh, Hardy being there helps put them over because I hate to say it, but Butcher and Blade, um, their biggest ability is being being able to summon black holes of charisma. You know, like <laughs> yeah. the Butcher and the Blade may as well just be two Steve Blackmans. Oh, God. You know, like it's just there's no there's no charisma here whatsoever. Butcher and the Blade have the charisma of a tag team of Dean Malenko and Steve Blackman. Oh. You know, oh, damn. that's what we should do. We should try to think of the worst imaginable tag team as far as charisma. We keep the points of charisma on zero. I would take Steve Blackman, Landstorm and Dean Malenko. And maybe they'd be as dry in charisma as Butcher and fucking Blade. We'll call him. Fuck, I can't. I, I had the name and I blanked. Fuck it. That's how little charisma that shit had. I blanked on the fucking name. I can't even think of a fourth person. Lance or Lightstorm. There you go. I said Landstorm. No, I said, no, you put the whole fucking thing together. Lance Melankstorm. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, Lance Melank. Man, there you go. Like, there's no charisma there to be had. And the Butcher and Blade are like that. And it's amazing to me. They are the luckiest motherfuckers I've ever seen in the world to have that spot in AEW that they do and to be used the way that they do. With, like, the roster that they have, it's almost logic-defying. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest here. And this is no disrespect to them. But if you had access to the entire AEW roster on a weekly basis, 
I don't think I would ever see Butcher and Blade again. I keep Bally, but like, would you really have time if you could do whatever you wanted to be putting Butcher and Blade out there? You could put the Lucha Bros out there. You could put the Bucks out there. You could do more shit with Adam Page. You know what I mean? Like, would you really pick Butcher and fucking Blade? The only use they'd really even have was just to be like, hey, we got a new team. Let's put them up against somebody. All right, send in Butcher and Blade. No, they hold these guys in high prestige. Didn't one of them main event against Moxley? Yeah, it was a. Uh, I didn't even look at the screen. I didn't want to be disrespectful. I was like, the fuck is what is what happened? <laughs> you know, like what what? Unbelievable. Oh boy. Anyway, the main event to this is a six man tag team match of Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, being accompanied by Don Callis going up against John Moxley and the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. And the prophecy has been fulfilled. Am I right? Am I right? Pretty much. The band is fully back together. The band is reluctantly back together. Write it down. (laughs) I'm reluctant in parentheses. The band is reluctantly back together. That's how it looked, right? Yeah, that's really. It's like, all right, fucker, we're doing this, but we're not happy about it. Yeah, so here we go. It seems like we have a Bullet Club reunion. It seems like everyone in the Bullet Club has officially turned bad again. Even the Bucks are now so back at where we were before there was such a thing as AEW, really. And now, real so. naked choke. The sleeper's locked in. That, there's no way Kenny Omega can get out of two paradigm shifts. Omega. And a rear naked choke. This He's is brutal. Oh, oh, oh. And he whiffed it. Super. He are whiffed the fucking kick. Can you believe that? The Young Bucks just super kicked John Moxley. And- the young buck just super kicked John Moxley. Let's see if we can get back to that spot again. Omega got spiked. That's how you do it. He said. How did he whiff the move that he does the most? He's gonna do it again. He's gonna look, look, look. What? First he hits him with the Death Rider. Or paradigm shift, whatever. But this is a heel turn. There's no way Kenny Omega can get out of two paradigm shifts. Omega in a rear naked choke. This is brutal. Complete whiff. Are you kidding? The Young Bucks just super kicked John Moxley. Look at this Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston coming to help his friend. But nope. But Gallo not happening. Have other thoughts in mind for Eddie Kingston. I can't believe. What, what, what are we watching for God's sake? History. The second one was somewhat of a whiff too. You're right, George. An, oh, no. Eddie. And they get hit with the magic killer. See, it's like it's like a bittersweet reunion, you know what I mean? That's the stretcher for Kingston. He's going back to the hospital. Are you saying you knew this was I'm not saying anything. Come on, yeah. I'm not saying anything. You're as devious as they come. Look at Moxley. Being physically dissected. The magic killer by the Good Brothers. And And now the world champion crawls over for the pin. See, the Bucks don't look like they were down with this shit at all. Like the story they're telling now is a different story. It's not a bullet. It's not a happy Bullet Club. It's the and it's not the other unhappy Bullet Club either. This unhappy Bullet like Club two point like, Out that, that looked like one of those things where it's like they did it out of just respect for their past, but not because they wanted to. <sighs> what are your thoughts on the whole thing? I mean, I I I, I did for a while. I didn't even think they were gonna really like join up again. I thought we were going to somehow get basically Omega versus the Bucks, but yeah, and uh, see where it goes, I guess. But the match was crazy. The match was fun. Yeah, they did a really good job uh, with the match. I mean, everyone in here is seasoned. You know, there's no reason for right. the match to be any bad. 
But yeah, it seems like we got the stable, sort of a reluctant heel bullet club, minus Adam Page, plus the uh, original Gallows and Anderson team. Just a different incarnation of the same shit, one way or another. We'll have to see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. It hasn't necessarily started in a place that I like, because it feels like there's no stability in any of these stables. Everyone in the stables, sort of, in the do or don't situation. Unbelievable. And then they picked the bones a little bit more with Omega, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to NXT Stand and Deliver Night 1. Actually, before I even do that, because I mentioned before, I want to get this on social media for you guys. Here is the link to what you just saw from the AEW Twitter, as well as going on here for everybody. So you can check it out if you're listening to the podcast version. Now we can talk about NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. You got Sam Roberts and Jimmy Smith in the Who Gives a Fuck show. Uh, but unlike um, Mania, this one actually had a match. You got to give him credit for that. Zoe Stark versus Tony Storm. With the finish being Zoe Stark pins Tony Storm with an inside cradle. Yeah, after a series of suplexes, Storm was setting up for Storm Zero, but uh, Stark caught her in the, in the cradle. Mm-hmm. It's definitely interesting to see how much... Uh, Zoe Zoe Storms uh they how much they trust her, you know, in such a short period of time they seem to it's clear that this is somebody that they want to push. But it's also interesting to see how much Tony Storm uh has how much her stock has dropped, you know? Yeah, she hasn't been the same since she uh lost the UK title to Kaylee Ray. And it's been interesting. It seems like she's almost trying to like find I guess that spark again, but yeah, she's been struggling. Yeah, no, it looks it, it definitely looks that way, man. Did we have voting results for this or was this match even on the on the card? Yeah, this one was a match. This was like a day of announcement, I think. Okay, so we like, probably we, we hadn't even heard about this one. We probably didn't get any voting results here. I actually don't even have I usually have the voting results on my program. I'm literally physically going to the uh, actual fucking mechanism that holds it instead, so whatever. Uh anyway, I'll keep that in the background there. Uh, yeah, but Zoe Stark, she looks really good. I'll definitely say that. Like, she, she's yeah. solid in her matches. Um, you know, very balanced. And uh, they're going to push her really fast for whatever reason. They must have an understanding or she impressed somebody in a high place or... I mean, yeah, the girl's been... The girl has been definitely showing that she has quite a level of talent to her. So it definitely seems like they're 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 definitely invested with her. Now, when it comes to how fast she gets pushed, I'm not sure, but... They let her get a win over a former UK women's champion, so they are definitely invested. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but like I said, her her stuff is really good. Um, yeah, not a bad choice to be invested in either. That's somebody I would, uh, if I was building somebody up in the women's division, that's somebody I that's somebody I would target. Yeah, and she has a unique look to her too, you know. Yeah, she's di- that's another thing too. She's different from everybody else. What do you think happened to Tony Storm? I'm not even sure. She's at this. I've seen. I've seen this happen. With the truth be told, a lot of people sometimes um, in NXT UK, they'll hit, they'll lose a championship and then hit this weird like rut. And she's been in this rut since she came back to NXT. So I don't know if like maybe eventually she's going to, I'm hoping sooner or later she starts getting to where she starts climbing back up out of it. But yeah, she, she seems like she's in a rut right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope for the best for her too. Yeah. Cause like I said, like um, I remember watching. When she lost uh, her title to Kaylee Ray, and then their feud going after, something about losing to Kaylee 
shook something. I'm not sure what it was, but she's been having a time trying to get back out of that rut. Okay, so and hopefully things get better for her soon. Though. I w- I would like to see it too. I've I've never she's never really impressed me, but I feel like I've seen enough of her. I'd keep up with the UK stuff the way that you did. You know, she she's she's good. She is very very talented. So I think that's why it's so weird for me to see her on this like weird little down spell. Right. All right. Well, let's get this ball rolling with the official matches. We start off the official show here with the uh, NXT. I'm sorry. Actually, we start off with they did Kushida versus Pete Dunne as the first match, right? Yep. Kushida and Dunne kicked it off. Yeah. Let me bring up my uh, voting results here. Fifty-seven percent of you felt Kushida would be going over, whereas forty-three percent of you thought Pete Dunne would go over here. Mm-hmm. And forty-three percent. Congratulations, because after he snapped his fingers for I don't know how many of time, hits a nasty roundhouse, and then the bitter end, the bruiser weight keeps his role going. It was weird though because it went from Kushida torturing Dunn in the hoverboard lock and and Barrett talking about how he can barely walk to Dunn just snapping his fingers with the bit and and stomping him and destroying him. It was just like wait a minute he was he was just winning a second ago. You know, so funny thing is I thought about that too, but then I was like I've seen that with Pete Dunn so many times where it's like you're winning one second, and then the next thing you know, I don't know what it is about Dunn. He has this little it's almost like a it's almost like a second gear, but he has to be in like the bowels to get to it. I don't like it though, man, because it's not very convincing to me, you know? Like, I felt like this guy kicked a lot of ass here, and then out of nowhere, it was just like, hey, surprise, I'm going to win. You know, like, all your athleticism, all of that's not going to matter because bye, you know? And uh, I don't know. It was still a good match, that, and they that, still that performed really good. That got done over was that the fact you, if, if, as long as there was still a fight left in him, you, like, until you put him down, he was always, he was all, there was always a threat to win. Right, right. But that's it was why, a good that's match why, overall. That's why Walter was so successful against him. Walter didn't waste time the second he had him. Yeah, like I said, overall good match. I'm not gonna complain. Yeah, oh, this was this was everything I expected it to be. I expected it to be technical. I love the fact that like they built it up as who's the best technician. But what I like is that it's two technicians that have a mean streak if need be. Yeah. No, you're right. I I can see that there, and it was done well. It was oh, definitely fantastic. done well. But you, you, you but you were the one who said Kushida needed it. You know. Yeah, that's the that's the thing because I was like, oh, but I feel like Kushida would have needed this a little bit more. Yeah, he did, man. He really did. Yeah, he he had an amazing performance. I think this is one of the better. This is one of the best I've seen of him since since NXT. But yeah, they got to start getting him some big wins like ASAP. Right. Yeah. No, they they got to do something unless they're just sending him back to Japan like they do everybody else that doesn't like to surf. You know, said. I see what you did there. <laughs> no, water might not be he good gets enough. To surf whenever he wants. I heard he responded to that. I was like, "Who said I'm happy?" I think we reported yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about that. He was like, "Who said I'm happy?" Okay, well, next up we have the NXT North American Title Number One Contendership Gauntlet Eliminator Match. Let's bring up our voting results here. Uh wow, that is a strange. Like, is it? Three-way tie with 29% people at L.A. Knight, Cramer Grimes, and Dexter Loomis. And then 14% for Bronson Reed. No one believing in uh, Isaiah Scott or Leon Ruff. Wow. Which is funny because they started the match. In fact, I even have the order right in front of me. It was was Leon and Isaiah that started it. Then Bronson Reed followed. Next up was Dexter Loomis, Cameron Grimes, and then L.A. Knight. That was the order that they entered the match. Yeah, really cool match. 
Oh, this was great. I love that uh I, that Scott attacked him right before the match, but but Ruff immediately got back at him. Yeah, and it well he whips his ass right in the beginning, you know. Yeah, he like literally we, he doesn't even wait until his entrance is over. No, he's crawling like, to the he, ring. He, he he caught the. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when DX reunited. I think it was two thousand six, and they started that shit by um. I can't remember which member of the Spirit Squad was, but Michaels just threw him from the goal position out to the fucking. <laughs> so so McMahon signaling for this last member. All you see is him come flying out of the fucking back. Yeah, I remember that. So yeah, that is that is the way that he gets away with doing that. You know. Uh, like I said, this match was very brutal, very physical. Um can I find there was an this spot here. Was this like a you know he recalls him into the ropes? That was really nuts. Watch this here. There was also this that dive that he does where he catches him and he transitions that up, hits him onto the apron there, and then boom, drop kick. No, very solid. I believe this next thing coming was an avalanche power bomb. I don't really have a program here. I just going by memory. I think he hoists him up and then he hits him with like a really good avalanche power bomb there. That looks solid. That might come later. I'm not memory's literally going off of memory here. But I do remember him having a solid avalanche power bomb at some point where they're struggling at the top up. Yep, there it is. Avalanche. Right oh, and it reverses right there, reversed to Hurricane Rana. Yeah. That was solid. Every time somebody does that spot, it frightens me for like a split second. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you don't rotate right, you are fucked. Yeah, you really are. Uh, Leon Ruff takes a really nasty corner bump. Let me see if I could bring that up here. This might be it here. Ruff's might be slippery from the, the sweat and body oil. I think it was just Ruff's cat-like agility. But oh. Yeah, there we go. Brutal, right? Yeah, that, that, was, that was nasty. I think uh, for me, one of my highlights just because it was such a cool little sequence um loomis had grimes in uh silence and fucking la night rolls him into a bridge pin yeah he eliminates loomis that was with, uh, so it was, cool because it was yeah. so unexpected and then grimes followed followed by reed has the big splash eliminating la night yeah, and then <laughs> he immediately gets punished for it because he gets put in the silence on the outside mm-hmm. it was a crazy chain reaction of stuff that happens in this. I like that one thing. That's one thing that was really creative about this match. The fact that all of these guys would make shit happen to each other and it would have a chain. Like, look at this here. This was cool. This was smart and creative. Watch this. Bring him down. Rolls him up. That's smart, right? Boom. But then look what happens here. Flatliner. But then Bronson Reed tumbles on top. <laughs> the only thing that kind of ruins it a little i don't know if you're looking if you look bronson reed looks behind him a little to make sure that he falls properly yeah. on top of him but uh still still cool i like that it's you one know, of those that, things that like you have to be paying attention to notice it but yeah it kind of mm-hmm. but i can't fault him for that though that's yeah. one of those things where it's like you want to make sure they're in the right spots yeah good good stuff though that was another good match you know take over night one Bronson Reed goes over, I believe, with that huge splash, and holy shit, thick boy going to night two. Yeah, you're damn right. I like him, so good stuff there. Yeah, dude's great. Next up comes the NXT United Kingdom title match. Let's bring that up here. Uh, 86% of you felt Tommaso Ciampa was going to be winning this title, with 14% of you thinking Walter would be retaining here. 
fourteen uh, percent oh, in general survives yet again. Which I, I didn't like realize it. that um that NXT UK event that was said to happen that week, that was actually the, the prelude event where Walter retained again. Hmm. Yeah, Walter wow. defended his championship twice in the same week. What a monster. That dude is unreal, but this match was brutal. He went over what was that? Like an exploder and a big chop? So what it was, um, Walt, yeah, Walt, Walter stomped while went um over to his neck. He actually hit him with two power bombs and then a release German into the chop. So by the time he hit him with the chop, he basically hit the last bit of life out of him. Which I've seen every now, which I've seen a lot. Um, not necessarily a lot. I've seen it in a couple of cases with Walter. Certain matches, it just comes down to just one nasty hit. Like with that war he had with Tyler Bate, it came down to a clothesline. And I think he had a defense with A-Kid where it was the same thing. Like, eventually, he just knocked the life out of him at some point. Right. Yeah, he hit him with two power bombs and that nasty release German. Gotcha there. Yeah, like I said. The shit out of him. Yeah, physical and stuff. I just, it just wasn't expected, you know? Yeah. So, yes, that, that's, that's one thing I'm actually kind of liking about Walter's uh, championship run. Some of the finishes are unexpected. Yeah, it's pretty brutal stuff. And also, this, this, let me see. Is this where he stomps Chomp? Hey, this probably he stomps him. Look at this. Yeah. First, that chop, that chop is rough. Look at the way he fucking stomps him here, though. Look at this. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's one of Walter's trademarks. <laughs> that's, one of, that's, a, that's a Walter special right there. Fuck that. that. will hang you up on that top rope and get his shit in. My special will be calling in sick. <laughs> There was a point. I never thought I'd have to break this out twice in a lifetime, but it's once again time for the Anything Goes Martial Arts Sayatoma final attack. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Where the fuck is he going? I'm out of here. Sorry. (laughs) It's based on stealth and cunning, like I told you. (laughs) Oh, my God. But we've said it probably a thousand times. Walter's chops are nuts. Yeah, he's an intimidating guy. And there was one point where Chompa took one of Walter's tops and just got the fuck back up. You can't pitch that spot to me and be like, okay, so what you're going to do? You're going to take a chop and then get up. I'm going to what? Yeah, no. I'm, if you <laughs> chop me, I'm, I'm done. That initiates me, the final attack. We're going home. Fuck you. Like, you chop me, I have no choice but to counter with my final attack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, Walter, holy shit. That dude, he's been champion two years. Oops, now. sorry. Yeah. Like, that... And I think, now that I think about it, because I believe Walter is going to start competing on NXT more, I think that was also the purpose. Because he's beaten, it, it's almost, it's the reverse of Pete Dunne. Because NXT UK was created because Pete Dunne had literally ran through the entire NXT roster. Walter's come back at NXT because he's ran through NXT UK. This I also wanted to bring this move. I thought it's like, it's like an avalanche Celtic cross. It looked pretty solid here. Champa! Who's never lost a one-on-one matchup? Walter now teetering. Oh my God, Champa! 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 Holding on to Walter! Look at that avalanche air raid siren and skin curve. Cool. Uh, air raid siren where he didn't look like he almost killed him. Learn it, Seamus. Oh, that, that, I didn't do it. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Then, then the, and then Seamus goes and fucks the spot up. <laughs> Seamus fucks the spot up. What? Two days later, because he tried to do some overcomplicated shit. Like, just, just get on the middle of the road and go backwards. That's awesome. I didn't even think about that to think, 
Wow. That was the fir- that was the first thing I thought of when I saw him almost dump Riddle on his head. That is insane. Oh yeah, well aside from that, that was essentially the match as far as uh, stuff. I w- I recommend it. It was a good match, you know. It was great. A lot of people were saying this was their match of the night for night one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh I didn't really think about what my match of the night would be, but that's probably it. I know yeah. I think about it, yeah. Okay, so then we have the NXT tag team triple threat match for the vacant championship. MSK's Nash Carter and Wesley against the Grizzly Young Veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson against Legado del Fantasmas, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. Voting results come in with 71% for MSK's Nash Carter and Wesley getting the win and the Grizzly Young Veterans, Legado del Fantasma tied at 14%. And the finish, my boys, MSK with an elevated blockbuster are the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Yeah, they do like a blockbuster powerbomb combo yeah. move that's pretty crazy. Oh my god. I was, I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, good, good stuff there. Those guys fucking um, earned it. Like, holy crap. So this is like a Death Valley stomp combo type deal during this match. I'm not sure how accurate my timestamps are again doing this watching everything live this week. But I believe it was around here somewhere. Five. Number one trend all night. I might have missed it. Has been NXT takeover. That is more oh, wait, here you go. Watch this. The legal superstar of the two. James Drake took some time to retool. Cover, cover, cover. Retool is training at 20 pounds of muscle to his physique. Oh, oh wait, I'm way off on that timestamp. Sorry. I actually had it right, but went to the wrong place. There you go, typical. And we can do it live. Shit happens. Taking NXT by storm from the word go. Tag was made. Carter is legal. Grizzled young veterans don't realize it. Oh, they may now. This dive is crazy, by the way. Like, Shades of the heart. He almost didn't get anybody. Tag. Wild's now legal. Legato del Fantasma picking their moments. Insane, man. Yo, Ra- it's crazy to think Raul Mendoza used to be one of those wheel out jobbers they have that just beat somebody up. Yeah. When no, they had not. somebody new coming. And now that dude was in a title match and a takeover. Mm hmm. Yeah, it goes to figure, and yeah, and I believe you you thought that Nash Carter and Wesley would be taking this, right? Yeah, I I felt like in that situation, just like in the Dusty Cup, you can't plan for those two, and I was like, that's going to give them a massive advantage over everybody else because they are they, they it's like a it's like a video game with those with those guys. Yeah, I watched. No, I totally remember watching is. them when they were the Rascals in Impact. I was always a fan of that team for a reason. I'll never understand why Impact never put the fucking titles on them, but. NXT didn't waste time with it. This brings us to the main event of the NXT women's title match. A hundred percent of you for Raquel Gonzalez on this one. The finish being typically predictably enough, the one arm power bomb. Yeah, EO uh it's a Shote palm strike. Raquel bounces back, closes lines the holy hell out of her. And yeah, one one arm power bomb for the win. And Raquel Question. is the new NXT Women's Champion. When when the ref saw Dakota attacking EO on the top, shouldn't that be a DQ, not just Dakota sent to the back? Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> so, you know, it, was, it wasn't no DQ. 
That threw me off so bad because I was like, wait a minute. It was like, hey, you hit her in front of me. Go to the back. Like, that's not wait, how wait, the wait, rules what? of Does wrestling everybody get a free shot ever work. Nope. And th- you know what? This match disappointed me. I didn't like it. I don't think that it w- it justified it. They didn't. You don't put each other through walls and do all that other shit and then have like this regular short match. I felt like it was a little bit short. As a matter of fact, I believe that there was a report that came out that they had to shorten the match because another match went longer. I can't find. I don't. I didn't get, didn't get the information of what match it was, but something went long, and that match got shortened. I found out because I was like, that shit sucked. Like there was something wrong there. So, that was unfortunate. Yeah, it, I don't yeah, the feel match, like it. Well, the match wasn't what I expected it to be. No, not at all. The only good spot was to dive off the skull. The only, yeah, I mean, the only highlight like, spot. It seems like Eel gets one of those in at least once a takeover. So. Yeah, you know, here it is here for anybody who wants the big thing. Here we go, crazy dive off the skull. Oh, my God. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the, feud was, the, the feud was better than the match. That's what I'll say. The feud yeah. was better than the match. So, uh, but. It's not even like the match was bad. It's just it should have been more. But at least we got the, the belt on Raquel, which is what I wanted. And I think that she'll be an interesting and fun champion. At this point, I really don't see a use for Dakota Kai being there. So, mm-hmm. That being said, that was the final review of the Wednesday Night Wars. And that brings the story to a close with the final ratings being AEW bringing 688,000 viewers. Was it? Um, yes, I believe so. And yeah, was NXT 688,000 viewers versus NXT's 768,000. So for the final night, and for the first time in a while, NXT comes out on top. Yeah, it took an actual takeover this time, not just a takeover-esque episode. So good for their numbers. But that's just the numbers. As far as the ratings go, they still lost. AEW, in the 18 to 49 demographic, remember, I've been teaching about demographics this whole time. <laughs> got a point twenty-eight. W NXT got a point twenty-two. So where the, the networks are looking, AEW still won. 18 to 49 age completely killed it so that is it that is the end of the wednesday night wars now comes the speculation what these numbers are going to look like with people having their own individual time slots i think that they would have both benefited more if it would have been AEW on tuesdays and nxt on wednesdays stayed on wednesdays that's where nxt has always been it gives somebody a bit of a space from wwe's universe because nxt might have a number drop just from raw burnout yeah, that old you, yeah, that's gonna cause you yourself problem. just said tomorrow, I'm not going to watch. Do you think yeah, most people yeah. after going through a week like this are going to do? How's that going to look on those numbers? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't like think I that said, was a that, good was, that, was, that was a shoot. Like NXT, AEW, everything's waiting until Saturday or Sunday for me. Because I got to take some time after eight days of wrestling. And this is somebody who went through 19 nights of G1. I can't blame you there, my friend. But I think it's kind of like I said with uh, G1. Yes, it was grueling, but there was never Hogan and his shitty toy belt with G1. Yeah, you're right. And I want to say had me waiting, had me excited for the next thing to where I was willing to endure it, where I'm literally just getting through to this raw just because that's just the thing to do. And I want to say I'm proud of the milestone we hit. We've we covered the entire thing from the very first episode of NXT, and not and and that's for the brand. But then myself and Destin, from the very first episode of AEW, 
even going back to before with AEW when it was all in, covered every single pay-per-view that they've done and the entirety of the Wednesday Night Wars down to the final one, WrestleMania weekend. So I think that's really cool. We didn't cool. miss a single one. We didn't miss any. We've covered every episode. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting place to be right now where we are now at the end of that. This is the final time that we will be doing that. So, very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, this now brings us into the official WrestleMania weekend with NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2. Once again, pre-show match with uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane against Brizango. Pirates. We don't we don't have this on our results either, right? No, both the uh, both pre-show matches were announced virtually on the pre-shows. Right, so that's not going to help me at all. Oh well. Anyway, let's get on with this match. The, the finish to this was the choke slam. He um, what was it? Uh. Choke, he, yeah. choke, Maverick gets choke slammed onto Brazango. That's the best way I could put it, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, um, no, it's actually minor correction. It was a power bomb. Power bomb. Sorry. Yeah. But he basically did the thing where he uses them like a weapon. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was okay. It was a decent match. I, I popped again for the music because I forgot about how funny it is. I can't believe it was into like a metal thing now. <laughs> That shit killed me. When I heard it, I was waiting for that part. I was like, oh, here it goes. There it I is. Thought that was, I thought that part was going to be like a one-time thing, and it turned out not to be. You know? That is the thing. Yeah, really weird. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do, where do you see these teams going? Uh, I mean, with this win, Dane and uh, Dane and Maverick have a tag title shot now. It looks like they will be uh, MSK's first defense. I have, I don't think I've heard a date of exactly when, but it looks like they're going to be the next ones in line. And look, we got the pirates, the Brazango pirates here, right? That was their intro. It was interesting. They didn't use the Brazango music. I don't know if you noticed. They were just they just went straight with Breeze's music. I didn't think about that. I was I was too busy thinking about the fact that they didn't use pirate music because like when they were like doctors, they had like doctor music and stuff and everything. I was like, ah, oh, they just use regular. But I, you're right. That's a good observation. Yeah. It was. They didn't use the uh, Brazango music. I caught that instantly because I was waiting for Fandango's part to kick in, and it didn't. Yeah, maybe that was the botch, too, with all the botches that we had this week. You know? Anything else on this match? Um, No, that was it. It was pretty straightforward. Okay. Uh, Next up, we had the NXT Cruiserweight title unification ladder match. Jordan Devlin defending against Santos Escobar defending. Uh, Wait, we got rewarding results for this one. I'm excited. I just remembered. So... 75% 75% of you felt Jordan Devlin would be going over here. 25% of you felt Santos Escobar. Finish being, uh, Devlin falls off of the ladder and hits the back of his head and I think died? Yeah, he fucking, ironically, uh, Santos used a headbutt, which is Devlin set up into his finish of the Devlin side. And yeah, falls off the ladder and I'm pretty sure I saw his soul leave his body. Yeah, the takeaway that I got from this is that he's dead, you know? Like that bump looked like it sucked all kinds of ass. I don't know how he's okay. I'm not saying he is. I haven't heard anything lately. Something, but so look at how he, he bumps here. Oh, I don't get it. Don't get high. I don't even want to watch it twice. That's it. One, one, so you get rewinded on the on the, on the man. That sucks. Oh, that bump looks like it was so not fun. Devlin is cursed here. You know, his head's not doing too good. That's not the only time he hit his head either. Check out this moonsault here. 
fucking hits his head right here. Quickly trying to counter. Actually getting dangerously oh. close. Ooh. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, be careful. I man had no disregard for his body in this match. Nope. This was a don't get me fired salt. I'm just going to fucking throw my body on the line. <laughs> but this match was crazy. Also this. Around here. Moonsault off the ladder. Jordan Devlin. This was the most beautiful moonsault in the face. Craziness, man. That was a beautiful moonsault. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the Phantasma guys get involved in this. There wouldn't be a thing without them. That was the thing I kind of didn't like. Right, because NXT the, doesn't normally have interferences like that. And, and see, and nonsense that's the going thing on. I think that hurt it for me is like, I get that it's his faction, but with everything that they had going for them in this, like, it, it didn't need it. And it no, kind of, it, it kind of for me, even though it was only slightly because this happened near the end, I feel like that kind of hurt Santos's win. It did. Also, um, like, one last spot though. Like what happened? Because Devlin was almost set to win before that happened. One last spot, though, that I wanted to bring up before I forget. Oh, no. Escobar trying. Devlin countering. The Spanish fly off the top here. You gotta be kidding me. Good stuff, right? Devlin said, I'm going to be a highlight reel or die trying. Yeah, crazy kid. Definitely a crazy kid, man. Yeah, that's one of Finn's boys. (laughs) He just fucking shows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, did, I definitely want to see more Devlin in NXT because that guy has an amazing talent. Like, that's one of NXT UK's top guys. Yeah, totally. All right, moving along, we got the NXT Women's Tag Team title match. Uh, this is Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defending their championship against the Waze, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell. Voting results come in at 50% split down the middle, you guys. Uh, finish being Ember with the double eclipse, Shotzi with the avalanche sent on onto Indy. Thoughts on the match? Oh, great match. I uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Shanti, once again, scaring the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jump around a little bit with this one because Shotzi wipes out again. I don't know what it is with some of these people like Shotzi and fucking now we see Devlin and Darby. There's a lack of feet. Champions coming into their own now in pursuit oh of this defense. Oh! Unbelievable. What are you doing, oh. girl? Did like they not catch her right, or did he just like something didn't happen right? Good lord, because like I've seen her hit that dive before. I almost feel like one of them didn't catch her right. Because I mean, I'm like, she, she looked like she overshot. Yeah, it looked like she overshot. I did like this. This was a road dog tribute here. Did you catch this? The sting oh, left jabs. It, yeah. Oh, Offense now peppering Lorraine with stiff left jabs. Oh, that was for you, Lorraine. What a right! Pretty cool. Yeah, though that was cool. And of course, we we have a Tower of Doom spot that happens because you gotta have the girls risk it all in a crazy Tower of Doom spot. Poor Everybody's, Ember had to be in the high spot. Everyone's willing to die for the cause, right? It's like every every time they do a Tower of Doom, 
I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm always only looking at whoever's at the very top. Are you really? Because there are, you know, what it was? and it started with um that cage match between AMW and Triple X. And I'll never forget it because when Daniels came down, he flipped all the way. Like he 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 got hit with a superplex and laying on his stomach. He was so high up. And ever since then, I'm always only looking at who's at the very top because I know they are catching the worst of it. I like this pop up power bomb where she goes down like that. Yeah, it's even worse because Andy's so much taller than everybody else. Yeah, brings it down to the knees. Very solid stuff. Really dramatic though. But overall, um, how would you rate this match? Oh, this um, besides Shotzi almost dying, this one was like a. I feel like this one was like an A for me. I was yeah. entertained the entire time. Yeah, you think they brought it right? Oh yeah, they absolutely went at. It. They absolutely went full throttle for this one. Shotzi's father would be very proud. Yeah, because that girl has been busting her ass ever since she showed up. And she's earned everything they've given her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I just think she needs to be a little bit more protected, a little less reckless as far yeah. as stuff like that goes, because you want to have longevity within your career. But then at the same time, I get that she's trying to stand out. So, yeah, you know, it's a gap 22 there. It's it's unfortunate because you see some of these people like that where they're just not afraid. And sometimes it might backfire on you. Shots. You've been lucky so far. Though. Mm-hmm. Sure I, and I also think it's just that Shossi knows. That she'll, Chelsea almost seems to know she'll be okay. It's a weird level of confidence she seems to have. Like, if this doesn't work, I'll be fine. You better just hope her luck doesn't run out. Yeah. Okay. NXT North American title match. Johnny Gargano being accompanied by Austin Theory, defending the championship against Bronson Reed. 38% of you for Gargano. At the time, we didn't know who the opponent was going to be, which is another 38% of you. 25% of you going for DQ, no contest. Um,. That's an awkward fucking vote. These are strange votes today, man. Yeah. The the Mania ones were way cleaner. These are like an anomaly. But then again, it's probably because the Mania ones are easier to predict because it's the main roster. Yeah. Finish to this is Gargano via Slingshot DDT. Yeah. Two final beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, this man. was a, I like this. I like the story early on in this match where it's like no matter what Gargano hit him with, it uh, Reed always wanted to turn it around as some kind of a slam. But then once he started going at his ribs, then it got a little bit easier for Johnny. Yeah. No, they did a really good job with that. I know what you mean about the reversals with the slams, too, because uh, I'm going to give some examples here. There were some really cool transitions that happened. If you bear with me a minute to just sync us up. Okay, so essentially, this this sequence, I thought this sequence was really cool here. This ends with the electric chair. I'll turn this down a little bit. This ends with the electric chair position spot, if you remember the one that I'm talking about. Looking down at Gargano. Could have been looking for the tsunami. Gargano, of course, had it scouted way back to your original conversation with the champion. Able to roll on the way. Reed and almost beat it. Go for the senton here. Senton attempt there from Reed. Crucifix pin. Kicks it out. Comes in with the kick. Sells the kick while he hits the ropes. Brings it in with a tilt the world. Transitions tilt the world. Into the arm drag that he rolls through, brings it in with another kick that he ducks, brings him up into electric chair position, then from electric chair position into poison rana. Beautiful. That was crazy. Yeah. First of all, props to that big man for eating a poison rana and it looked good. Yeah, it did. Very entertaining stuff here. This was another match freaking Reed showed out. Like, there were moments in this match where I was like, yo, Reed's about to get this North American title. Yeah, I mean he's gonna get it eventually. A guy like that's not gonna get not have a title. 
Yeah, he he's getting that some at some point, maybe in the rematch, but he yeah. he showed he can handle himself. Yeah. Very brutal outsider's edge over here. Just I want to bring up. Takes it really good though. Yeah, to try like on demand people. If you'd watch this event, it's built up kind of almost like the old WCWs where um the ramp is right at the level of the apron. Yeah. So it's like you can literally just walk right over and just step over. I remember because Sting used to dive when she was like that. Not He'd the safest from like set. The top of the ramp all the way down there over the top. Not the safest set. I thought we were past that kind of shit. You know? Yeah. Why don't they have a fucking Why don't they have a fucking fire pit on both sides just in case you fall down one of them? You know, <laughs> like I just don't get what the point. <laughs> like, you know, just it's just very people. People have injured themselves on those. You know, we've got we've gotten into that on here. We don't have the time tonight, but we've gotten into like um, wrestlers that have done that. I call this the Bronson Reed body flop. Look at how this. Look at this shit. Wait a minute! Thick boy. He didn't. He didn't. He missed. Sorry, Reed. That was like he's never he's never messed that move up before, and I was so sad because I'm like, ah, oh, no. Yeah, the concerning thing about this though, and it's something that he needs to work on, and I like the guy, but this guy was blown up, man. He yeah, he was blown he, up. he pushed harder than I've seen him push before, but yeah, you gotta you gotta pace yourself. Yeah, you're in a match with Johnny Wrestling, man. That's not a work. That's a shoot. That name came from before here. They've been calling him that since before I've been doing this. You know what I mean? He's always been Johnny Wrestling. You know, it's like you get fucked up out there. Start jogging. Most I could say is if you're coming back for that title and he still has it. Yeah. But then it also kind of worked, too. If this wanted to turn into a full-blown feud, it worked to it as well because Reed's never been in a match this big before. Yeah. So now it's turned to, like, if they do it again, it's going to turn to a situation that Johnny knows the second he gasses, he's done. So Reed's going to have to make sure he doesn't gas out again. Well, here's hoping. Next up, we have the NXT title match. Finn Balor defending his championship against Karrion Cross. 63% of you for Karrion Cross, 38% of you for Finn Balor. 63, why have you forsaken us? No, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, after he, uh, the Doomsday Saito and that rolling elbow to the back of the neck, Cross is now a two time NXT champion. Yeah, hopefully this time counts. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't get hurt this time, but. This was one of the better matches I've seen him in, though. Yeah, no, this was solid. Is this a spot like, that I'm I, looking I, for? There was a there was a Northern Lights forearm deal that they did. That see that? And he rolls through, brings him back up, hits him with the forearm. Thought that was cool. The clothesline, whichever one. Thought that was a cool yeah, spot. That, that's that takes some serious athleticism. And Cross isn't he's smaller than than we thought he was, but that's still a big dude. He is a big dude, man. I mean, he's not he's not huge, but he carries it well. You know, and to be able to so to be able to do something like that is impressive. I liked his attire; it had like a Kratos God of War feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely saw that. And that second Saito suplex that he hit was brutal. I think that this might be it here. But uh, yeah, that was a brutal. The first one was rough, but Balor took it. This second Saito here, woo! Let's get sound for this one. Hang on. Yeah, boy, don't mess with this guy. When it comes to that kind of shit. Yeah, he's always had one of the better looking Saito suplexes, though. Yeah, so that's it. Balor's ne- next dry run has come to a dry end. Hey, you know? this, this one was better than the last one, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Remind me to bring butter next time. Oh, God. 
I was thinking about doing it after it happened. Maybe they get in the title off him to restart that thing with Walter because he, he was he and Walter were supposed to go at it before the pandemic hit, and they had to stop it because Walter couldn't come back. So, I mean, it's possible. It it would make almost make the most sense because now Balor doesn't Balor isn't in a sense tied down by the NXT Championship anymore, and he, he wasn't champion when he was going to feud with Walter. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see exactly what the hell they're going to do here because uh. I haven't seen much good runs out of Balor as champion. And he's recently in an interview, he said that he doesn't think he'll be doing the demon thing anymore. He feels like that will be a step back, but that we'll see a darker side of the prince. So that's pretty much gone forever, I guess. Yeah. But now to the true main event. The unsanctioned Pure match. discretion it fucking vised. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, baby. Voting results came in. 35% of you for... Adam Cole, baby, with 53% of you for Kyle O'Reilly, 13% of you for DQ No Contest. In a fucking unsanctioned match. Mm-hmm. And, so the uh, finish after, I believe, just under 40 minutes, Kyle has Cole positioned on a chair that is standing upside down, by the way. So he's like laid out on the bars and everything. Wraps a chain around his knee and drives Cole straight to fucking hell. Just kills him. Just this was fucking insane. Do you understand? Do you understand? Oh! Oh! Is this around here? We're still a bit away. Yeah, we're not there yet. That was that was with the chain low blow. It's, it's right about talking because I because I see the chair is already upside down. Like yeah, that, that was the nastiest finish I think I've ever seen. The chair! For the love of God! Yeah, hold on. It was I guess it was right there. Yeah, you were just a little bit off. Maybe like a few seconds back. Do you want to oh! Oh! Okay, so let's keep that part running. chain around his right leg. O'Reilly's got a plan. There's sick, sadistic thoughts flowing through the brainwaves of Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Adam Cole. The knee is loaded. The knee indeed is loaded. O'Reilly is perched. Cole through the chair. That's brutal. I shoot thought he fucking died. Nope. That is horrifying levels of violence they've got had in this fucking match. Yeah, no, they were not playing around here. This they was a nasty one. Beat, they beat the ever-loving, sunny-side shit out of each other. You wouldn't have thought they were actually friends <laughs> after this shit. Let's go through some spots. A couple things I like. The first drop kick out of the seat is a foreshadow of how the match will end. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. I overall did like the chain battle stuff with them. Just the two of them battling with the chain overall just was really cool. Really dramatic stuff going on there. Wrapping him around with the chain. I've noticed that's one of Kyle's things. The chain always needs to go out. Yeah, right? 
Yeah, he's right, whether it's been this match, war games, when they have the match of final battle in ROH, it's always a change. Yeah, he doesn't play around when it comes to that chain, boy. But I guess it's because he knows how he knows how to get really creative with it. Mm-hmm. Uh that chain that that chain, well, I don't even know what the hell I would call it. I guess a chain yank that happens. Yeah, it was like it was like a clothesline. It was a literal clothesline with the chain. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was like I couldn't call it a clothesline because the clothesline means something else in this world. But the funny thing, it, it was actually technically it still was because it was the original name, the original uh, definition of a clothesline. No, it's a true clothesline. Yeah, you it's know, a it's true a, clothesline. You know, I was just surprised. I was just like, "What the fuck do I call this?" But yeah, here we go. So favoring on that neck, coming back in with a knee strike right to the midsection, followed up combination offense from O'Reilly, dropping Adam Cole, maybe looking for another huge blow. Is O'Reilly? Oh! <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, I mean, at one point, freaking a callback to how this whole thing started. Cole hits him with a brain buster on the steps. Yeah, yeah, he does, and he also catches him with a. With a shining wizard. There's a lot of chair play in this because he catches him with that nasty shining wizard off of the chair next. You know, brutality there. No, it's when they freaking probably the highlight spot of the whole thing is when they drove each other. Um, Kyle had Adam in a, guillot- in a guillotine on the ramp and they basically tazzed and bam bam it and drove each other through the stage. Mm hmm. Yeah. There was a, there was the I am the table suplex. Oh, that looked like it sucked all kinds of ass. Bring up this I am the table suplex here. Cole's looking over at you right now, Wade. Might be looking for a landing spot. Pay attention. I am the table. I love how he was so fucked up from that. He fucking family guy fell. You see that shit? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, his fucking arm fucked. went behind his back. And I was like, oh my God. Overall thoughts on the match? You oh liked it, of course. God. Here's my question. Do you think they outdid that world title match in, in, um, in ROH when Kyle won the title? Because that match was fucking brutal as well. Do I think what? Do you think they might have outdone uh, that match they had in ROH? No. When Kyle uh, won the world title? No. Hell no. Not even that one. They had another match before that. I'm not. When I talk about the match they had, that wasn't even the one. There was like a bloody match that they had in Ring of Honor, like a year or two before that time with the title. There was no title. It's when they first broke up Future Shock and they beat the fuck out of each other. Like they were bleeding out of their mouth. I think teeth were flying. Like it was really bad. Go look. It's a few years before where they just. It was crazy. Like that title one was 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 tame compared to the other one. (laughs) Like they really fucked each other up when they were younger. You know, yeah, I like where I had wrestling fans who were like, I don't like that. Like, I want to see that again. Like, it was like, it was brutal, man. They <laughs> fucked each other up, like, really badly. Like, if it was, like, if their lives were on the very line with this shit. I have to go find out when it was. But, yeah, man. That was. They, they haven't, like, that's, I guess that's what it is for me. And I've heard people, including Alvarez, have said that this match underperformed out of all of them. And I've heard several people say that this match underperformed. I don't think that this match underperformed. I just think that these people have been watching these guys since they were younger. We've seen crazy shit. They're not going to have a bloody match like that on here. I know what they were looking for, but there's just no fucking way. It was stiff as hell when they used to wrestle each other. But I didn't find this underwhelming, like the, like the way that I no, keep hearing th- it. This was, they, they got to do more than I expected them to be able to do in NXT. 
Yeah, everybody wants people flailing around in crimson masks and shit. It's like you can't always have that, you know. Like, we can't. We can't was, have the finish like the like the match I was referencing where freaking Kyle taps him out to an armbar while he's laying in tax. Like it was, it's absolutely fucking crazy. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But yeah, I think that's it, right? That was stand and deliver. Yeah, very good stuff. So overall, of the four nights of wrestling, what was? What do you think your favorite one was? Oh, hands down, just night one and two of uh, TakeOver, because just in the usual TakeOver style, it got better and better as the show went along. Every match, I was excited for the next one. Truth be told, by the time WrestleMania was over, I was like, man, wish Stand and Deliver would have gone on last. Yeah, I can't blame you there. Uh, I don't think we really know if I have a favorite night. It's a mixed bag for me. Um, I mean, probably WrestleMania night one. I did enjoy WrestleMania night one. I like WrestleMania as it is. And night one was a, it seemed to be the most balanced of stuff that I was into and looking for. The least favorite of the nights, obviously being the final night. Yeah. Night one of Mania started out kind of rough, but it got, it, 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 it got better. It took maybe like a couple of matches and then they started rolling. Whereas night two was shit, got worse. And then the last match was good. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's more balance in the future. Yeah. I'm on the phone. It's so funny, the multitasking that this show has become. I just literally, mid-show that we're doing, had to submit a written dispute about what I'm doing while I'm doing I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm not even kidding about this. That's why I needed a, to get a faster phone. I'm talking to you. And as I'm talking to you, WWE hits us up. And I literally had to do a written dispute while you were talking just fucking now. That's the shoot right there, breaking the fourth wall. See, if y'all spent more time booking y'all shit right, you wouldn't have this problem. That's Boiler. the ridiculousness. And I notice again, once we go into the things that we didn't enjoy, oh, look, suddenly poof. Because we've been here this whole time. But that's a story for another day. I want to get the fuck out of here ready. We're going to go into Raw now. Final stop on this journey, on this WrestleMania we week journey. SmackDown on night one of WrestleMania. Exactly. Night one. Go back and listen to all that content we put out there. Last week's Raw brought in an overnight three hour. 1.713 million viewer ship slightly up barely up not even mentioned i practically caught a tie with the previous week we'll see what this week brings in um the first match was matt riddle versus mvp he misses the floating bro MVP versus lashley i'm sorry matt riddle versus lashley that'd be funny if it was mvp right oh that'd be great when he misses the floating blow hurt lock finish mvp and his cane what's up pimp daddy uh we get a charlotte heel turn where she talks about how everything that's been happening has been beyond her control and it's not her fault. Lacey getting pregnant not being her fault. Oscar needing a tag team partner not being her fault. Her not being able to make WrestleMania for conditions that were out of control not being her fault. Her not having a match and how everybody was so happy that she was gone and how she now has called herself The Opportunity, which is a brilliant name. She says, I am The Opportunity. Love it. My one and, uh, critique with this whole thing, though, because I did actually like this promo, she hit that it should have been me, Dolph Ziggler shit. But she did it very convincingly. Yeah. I think Charlotte promos are my favorite thing in modern wrestling. Yeah, I, I really definitely because she it, she puts herself into that situation, so it's not so she's not actually just cutting a promo. Yeah, I really dig her. You know, like I like I feel the emotion of that character so much. There's not many characters I connect with anymore, and I kind of feel like that one I do. Like her emotion and the way she she presents herself is really cool. Yeah, genuinely makes can make you like or dislike her. 
Yeah, I've always liked her. You know, like I've always from the beginning of of the whole NXT run, everything yeah. like very entertaining. I thought she yeah. was sloppy at first, physically. The character, oh. the story of the character, though, and then eventually just got really good. Just yeah. gets better and better. I mean, it's like one of the best. It's, it's just like when I knew when I caught that one line, I was like, "Oh God, don't let it turn to that. Don't do it." Because, like I said before, I don't trust this show. If it turns into every week, it should have been me. Mm-mm. Uh, what else happens is we get an Oscar Rhea rematch, but uh, Charlotte, being angry, comes out, pushes them both into the steps, beats the hell out of them. She whips that first big boot, um, and even the second one didn't connect as well as hers as they usually do. Clearly, Dunn knew about it though because that wasn't in the instant replay package. You know, Dunn was actually paying attention this week. It ended right after the bumps, just before that, and I was like, "God damn!" She whiffed both bumps of them, and it was like bad. It was worse than the bucks because it was like they were up against the, uh, I guess the apron, the the electric, the electronic ring apron, and she yeah, runs the LED and, board. and literally like directly, directly just misses and kicks the LED board. You know. And then she does it again, and, and the girls both sell for her. I kind of felt bad. But, I mean, I guess that, I don't know. I don't know what the clean way would be to get away with that spot. You know? Considering she wasn't even coming that fast, I would have just made contact. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, because the thing about this, she wasn't going, like, full speed like she usually does. Like, it's these ones, big I don't know legs, man. Just seeing it, they look noticeably slower. I don't know if I would suggest to anyone, maybe she should just connect. She's not coming at you that fast. <laughs> At this point, let's be real. Oscar's lost a tooth. She has nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, I guess. Oscar's probably tired of people coming at her in that fucking view. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, Dana. Dana and Mandy. They wind up jumping Naya. Hell yeah. In the fucking worst schoolyard, the principal broke us up beating. Like, they punched well, her for like three seconds and they pushed her. And I was like, wait, what? She's Naya. She just looked annoyed. Like, ugh. Right. She just looked, she looked, she looked like she got beat by people. Like she got bit by a mosquito. That's how it used to look when people did bash it to Kane back in the day. Like, ugh. <laughs> it was like you never really go down. It was like Juggernaut. You get him down to one. He's not really. You, most you could do is get him to go away. If you annoy the Juggernaut enough, maybe he'll fucking walk off. And then they. Just, you know what I mean? When's the last time you've seen him KO'd? <laughs> <laughs> and then they just literally managed to officially bury this fucking team. Because then we had a match between the tag champs, Nia and Shayna, and Dana and Mandy. And the whole gimmick of this whole thing is that Nia keeps slipping and tripping and everything. She slips off the apron and falls. They laugh. Nia gets in the ring mad, and these pussies run. What? And they were like, it's not worth it. What about when you jumped her in the back, you dumb bitch? They were kicking her, <laughs> they were kicking her ass, and then, and then they, they left because of that. And another thing, why was Shayna using Nia's corner stretch muffler? I'm not sure. That's been Nia's corner stretch muffler the whole time. Like, why would Shayna suddenly have that stretch muffler? That makes no fucking sense. It used to be the double team that she would have stretch muffler and she would come in with the running knee, which obviously we can't do, but that doesn't mean you take her stretch muffler. She had that before you even fucking did the knee part. I instantly, my first thought was right when I saw her go for it, I was like, oh, they're going to have a version of this double team for the both of them. No, nope. so it's like Nia's gonna do something different for Shane and Shane's gonna do something different for Nia, and it was like no, no, that's what the, that was supposed to happen. That, that, that's, that's amazing. That would have been better. It would have <laughs> made sense. It. Nope. Like have Shane do something different. They're not paying the people thing. thousands of dollars to make sense. Come on. God, and they wonder why Peacock's not getting any of my fucking money. <laughs> God. 
Like I hope they I hope they understand. While y'all spending time trying to copyright shit, I hope y'all understand. Y'all don't get to push Mandy and Dana anymore. Because they ran like bitches. Now, if you listen to last night's post show, I spoke about a couple of problems I had with the Alexa Bliss thing. I spoke about how one of the issues was that they didn't even bother to try to tell a story about something that would be a callback that would sort of explain what the hell's going on as far as why she transformed into the fiend, you know what I mean? Or the fiend beast or the fiend girl or whatever the fuck her name's going to be, Sister Abigail, whatever you want to call her, why the crown thing happened, nothing. There was like nothing. There's a lot of symbolism without a fucking story. Like they, they were supposed to give us some sort of a story. And then they literally did what I suggested. They retroactively had her go, let me tell you a story to explain what happened last night. Like she literally went, <laughs> it was like, it's like, what? And then, uh, I also last night said that Alexa Bliss is really good in that role and that Bray better pray that she doesn't just run off with this gimmick and make it more her her own thing and that he's left without something. Translation, Bray better hope they don't fuck him over again. Lo and behold, they fucking did it. She basically gives a promo about how about how she doesn't need him and about how she learns from 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 the evil and all this other shit. And now she's gone off on her own and. She's more powerful, essentially, than paraphrasing. But that was it. So now fucking... And then Bray, they gave him the born-again Christian gimmick. Literally, with the music, with the church music. No, A lot of people went over to hell what was going on there. So next week, so that you're not disappointed, I'm going to brace you. Because I know exactly. He started his mannerisms with that of, like, if you've ever seen, like, those churches where they put their hand on your head and you fall backwards with the power of Christ and shit. He started well, acting he like that. And if you go back, if you go back and listen to the music... It's that kind of music. And he starts acting excited like the way those priests used to act. And then he goes, I'm born again. I'm born again. And then, and then afterwards, the commentators are all going, oh, he's born again. We have to see this born again brace. Like, it's going to be fucking shit. So translation, I might just have to use the highlights to know what happens on Raw next week. I mean, because that shit I'm, is I'm un- telling you, like, like, it's a shoot. They are reaching that point with me. I mean, for me, Raw's just on in the background. I swear to you. Like, it's not even like I have to go, well, I'm not going to watch Raw anymore. I'm not. It's on in the background at the same time that I'm scheduled to put together this program. And I almost have zero interaction with it. I've been watching Raw since the first episode, and I've seen all of them live. So I don't even need to so much as look up sometimes. I know what they're doing because everyone else has done it better than them, you know? So it's like, Raw's just there. For me, even if I said I quit Raw, it wouldn't be a far cry of what I'm doing now. It's literally on in the background. Compared to when I'm actually taking notes of shit that I give a fuck, like my raw notes are footnotes. It's literally like just a small little margin of my paper with just a few things that I'm going to say. And the rest is shooting off of memory because I've been watching raw for fucking decades. I don't need notes. You know, it's just such a dry topic at this point. It's not even good raw. Um, what else? What else? What else? You got New Day interrupting Elias' music with Francesca. I kind of thought that was cool. It's funny that a musician wouldn't know that that's a fucking trombone or whatever. He's over there. What's happening to my guitar? The fuck's the matter with you? Uh, woods. Woods, 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 woods. Do you catch Woods with the uh, Adventure Time callback? Unacceptable condition! Unacceptable! Yeah, I almost fell on the fucking floor laughing. Yeah, right. Incredible, incredible stuff there. Anything else of relevance? We get the we get the uh, 
what do we have? A fucking triple threat match at the end of this? Yeah, Andrew wins, and now he so, gets a match against Lashley. At Backlash. I, 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 no, at WrestleMania Backlash. But no, I... Uh, <laughs> I do, so do like you think do, do you do you see McIntyre winning at WrestleMania back, Lashley? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was fucked up, but no. <laughs> what is it? I mean if they're gonna fuck with the names, I have more creative ones too. <laughs> exactly. WrestleMania backlash. I because you know what's funny about that? That's how little faith they have in their fans. Because we as fans that have been watching for fucking decades didn't realize that the pay-per-view after WrestleMania that's named Backlash is named Backlash because this is the backlash of everything that happened at WrestleMania. We needed for you to actually say this is WrestleMania Backlash for us to understand. After all these years, now I'm going, oh, it's called Backlash because WrestleMania happened last month and now we're going to go through the backlash of WrestleMania. They put it together for me. What would I fucking do without them, right? Save $10. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a good answer. It's a good fucking answer. Like, why did they need WrestleMania? Because we didn't know that it was the backlash to WrestleMania. It would be the backlash to WrestleMania if they called it fucking No Mercy. It's still the backlash to WrestleMania. It's the the point of calling it. That you don't call something something if you're going to call it its actual thing. You know what I mean? But then again, this is the same company that decided to call it the horror show in Extreme Rules. <sighs> But I do like the finish of the match because uh, Braun in his jobby ways gets hit with our RKO. But McIntyre claymores him out of the out of the out of the pin. The only thing I enjoyed about tonight was when he started to run around the ring like an idiot, and then they did the whole the, the train is in. And someone immediately put a stop. They threw steps or something. I was like, the train is in. Boom! Yes. Like commentator and everything stopped. I was like, yeah, fuck the train. Derail. They ready to get all happy about him running around. The train is in. Boom! Get down, Braun. Stop oh, running around. Well, that I shit happen each time. Every week. Every week. Yeah, from now on, somebody's different. put that. Come on, you're all grown ass. You're wrestlers. You know what I mean? Stop that shit. When he starts doing Move that train, away. that's exactly how I always thought it should be handled. So I'm glad somebody finally did it. And Braun's going with the train. Boom. Just throw something and, and, at him. And, and, and you know what? You know what? Make it fun. Every week, it's something different. Stick your foot out. Half the time, the train's got him counted out. Remember, we used to joke about that shit? He'd always do the train, and then at the end of it, not wonder, wonder why the match is over. <laughs> What happened? Lost a Tyson Fury by count out. Like, what happened? You weren't in here by the eight count. <laughs> like you would think, according to Seamus, right? You you would think. <laughs> at, oh, I can see what you did. <laughs> you know, there's nothing odd about that. No one said what the fuck. There, perfectly normal. Let's act, let's not act like anything weird happened. He wasn't there by the you eight count. Think, you would think after you lose the Tyson Fury by count out, you just stop going to the outside. I AJ Styles is seeing this shit. I'd never leave the ring again after that. Oh my god. The fuck? And stop giving this job for Braun fucking opportunities and titles. He's not gonna win them. Nobody wants to see him win them. Motherfucker talk about some oh you saw what I did to Shane McMahon. Yeah, fucking Shane McMahon. Yeah, right, you know. I saw what you did to Sweaty in front of his kids. I don't give a fuck. Like why is that the bar? Shane McMahon. Uh, you saw, I saw, I saw what you did to Shane McMahon. I saw what he and Lashley did to each other. Guess which one more impressive? On a side note, really, I, I did like seeing the return of the Viking Raiders. I'm glad we. Did, I almost didn't bring that up, but yeah. Viking Raiders back. That's good. That'll add some flavor to this. They yeah. were good before. This, they're just good because they've always been good. It has nothing to do with being the company. You know, yeah. thumbs up to them. It was kind of cool because I mean I've been following uh both him and Sarah Logan, both uh 
Roe and Sarah Logan on social media. Yeah, they've they've been having quite a fun time. So good to see him back, though. It's kind of interesting. That was the only return. Well, technically the only return of uh, the Raw after Mania. Because Charlotte hasn't been gone that long. Like, these guys have been gone for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. So WrestleMania week, I think, had more positive than negative in it. I, d- I just think that it's a, it's a bit too much. It's just because there was so much. And then some of the negatives started showing up near the end, so it was even worse. Yeah. The negatives really did start showing up towards the end. That that They needed to shuffle that a little bit more. If you're going to give me the shit, give me shit at the start. I don't think they knew that that was going to be shit. You know? Yeah, because in their mind, everybody wants to. You know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> hey, what's up, Pri? Pri! Long time. She shows up so infrequently. I pop every time she shows up. Of course we're on live. There's the, there's the end. There's the wrapping up of WrestleMania week. We're actually just wrapping up here. We were just done with the, uh, what was that? The Raw, I guess. Is there anything else? Not really, right? That, that, that was all. Thank Jesus. That was all. Yeah. But overall, um, as far as this WrestleMania weekend goes, I still, and I'll give them credit for that. They still managed to make it feel like WrestleMania. I think that for anyone that it didn't feel like WrestleMania, they just kind of were unable to just let the shit go and just lose themselves in the uh, festivities. But I think overall, regardless of match quality, it did have that big fight feel, as you would call it, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, kudos to them for that. All right, well, is that it? Are we done? That's it. I can't even believe it, man. We fucking made it. Hashtag the best part you about made it. it. You know what the best part about it is this year? What's that? We didn't need a dry erase board to marker this time. No, we didn't need anything. There's some of our better stuff, guys. Yeah. It's been great ever since we started two man this year. It's not like babysitting anymore. Aww. <laughs> Look, okay, it's been a rough eight days of a ten. It has been it is it has been brutal. I feel like I get to snap at least once after eight days of wrestling. No, it has been brutal. You know, there's no denying that. Oh, man. All right. Well, as you guys know, this brings us back to business as usual. This brings us back to our regular streams. Maybe we'll go back to Outriders. You know, we'll have, we have this week. I know a lot of you guys are only here for the wrestling to torture you. But, you know, the streams on this channel almost seven days a week now, right? Probably not tomorrow, but seven days a week. So don't forget to tune in for some of that stuff. Uh, that being said... Thank you to everyone, every single one of you that has hung out with us for this wonderful evening and for this entire week, as a matter of fact. You guys have been wonderful in the chat room. Uh, Willie V2, EB Gamer, Kula Ice, George Z, Good Old Stasis, Sakuhasu, aka Marceline the Vampire Queen, Dark Sage 9117, Keys Thompson, also known as Killer Quest. Are, are we roll 16057 uh, Weekly Planet aka Ashley Enjoy your coconut uh, Cabigon Bloodluster Luke T Sipper J Bone 79 Makeup Muse Omnipot G Prees here Brum Dump Also those of you that have been following over on the Facebook app uh, like Gula Raza Ultra Ramash K Muhammad uh, Visual, Mahar, and all of you listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Twitch.tv, slash TalkBrunch, Facebook.com, slash TalkBrunch, as well as everyone 
over at TalkBrunch.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 451, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin Soul Glow Frazier, WrestleMania weekend has ended, and we're out of here. Woo. Another man in the book. Y'all got congratulations, baby. Love you. Shut it down. <laughs>